Seriously, have you seen Avatar? I never saw Avatar. I wanted to read the book first, but then I realized there's no book version of Avatar. everybody and welcome back to another exciting intergalactic space adventure slash episode of the handsome boys oh it's intergalactic and planetary but it's intergalactic planetary uh you know it's really funny because you just you just mentioned the beastie boys no i didn't before we uh, get right into it uh someone on like one of these like facebook uh pages on about music was like shitting on the beastie boys and was Sounds like riveting and he listed all these other bands that are still performing welcome the beastie boys are performing huh well can't get a record contract so i wrote one of them died and the guy was like the guy's response was so well it happens all the time and he had to be explained to that it was a three piece and so losing one like, of the kind of one like, of the three would be detrimental to the band's continued existence I kind of feel like he didn't know that but then he didn't want to walk it back he didn't want to walk it back oh no he finally did it it took a while I watched the whole thing unfold it was great anyway um, yeah Handsome Boys Podcast this is it it's yeah. here, it's now. You got it. It's here, uh, it's now. <laughs> what are you going to do about it? We're on the bleeding edge right now. We are. Uh, I am super excited to talk about the uh, film that we watched this week. Um, it's a long one, so strap in, strap on, and get down. Ooh. Trademark. <laughs> Nathan Ward, 2021. <laughs> uh, so how are you doing, man? Great. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, it's kind of like one of those uh, weird, shitty weeks where it's like almost spring but not, so... Yeah, it's been all cold and windy outside. Yeah, but also sunny and nice and humid. Made me cold. You're already cold inside your black soul. Yeah, but I, I like the contrast. So black, black and cold inside and warm outside. <laughs> we, we agreed that we weren't going to uh, fuck about too much in the preamble because this movie is really long. Um, but there was a couple things I wanted to talk about. Um, you finally... Wait, hang on. Ask me what I watched this week. I was about to. Okay. I was like, you finally watched something that you hadn't seen for a while. Uh, I would call it an important film in the history of film, unfortunately. Mm. What did you watch? Well, Nathan, you like Star Wars, right? I love Star Wars. Oh, man. Empire. Oh, my favorite. Oh, The Mandalorian. Made us us all love Star Wars again. What a great show, man. It's really on the cutting edge. Yeah, totally. I watched uh, The Rise of Skywalker. Oh. So. Oh, oh, oh man, the movie that makes Rogue One look like Citizen Kane. <laughs> I like that. Oh, Rise of the Skywalker. Oh, what a... What more can be said about Rise of the Skywalker that hasn't already been said about Afghanistan? <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't have said it better myself. Um, I can't, that's an old Chappelle joke. I can't take credit for that. Uh, but... Yeah, it's pretty bad, eh? Like, it can't really be overstated. Like, you can prepare for it, and it's not... Unfortunately, it's so long and so bad that it's not one of those movies where everyone preps you for it and tells you it's shit, and then 
you watch it and you're like, oh, that wasn't actually that bad, you know? Yeah, so that's what I thought would happen is I'd be like, okay, I waited a long time. It's not like in theaters. Everybody's been, I've heard all the smack talk. I've even heard the bad twists at that point. And I was like, okay, well, now I can go in and maybe be like pleasantly surprised. You know about Palpatine, you know about Ray. It's all, it's all, been, it's all been presented for you and you've accepted this, but you're still going to watch the movie. Exactly. And there was no, there were no saving graces. It was, because it's not just. Special effects were nice. I guess. I, actually, I will say, I'll give a couple positives. The visuals uh, are nice. The visuals are nice. The laser battles and lightsaber battles. Oh, they're all great. Really good. Yeah, but uh, you can choreograph those things till your face turns fucking green. It doesn't make a movie good, right? Right. Yeah, and also I'll say Kylo Ren. Great. Uh, big part of the movie and pretty much awesome the whole way through. Yeah, he's... Even when he has to say dumb shit. <laughs> he's the most intriguing character for the... The, the, the full three sequel trilogy, right? It's, yeah. He is the interesting character. He's truly the star. It's not really Ray. That's the marketing. That's the way it's presented. The real hero of the trilogy is, believe it or not, Kylo Ren, which is the only thing that J.J. Abrams maintained from uh, the original way, the direction the movie was going to go. Yeah. Uh, from the original treatment that they had that they had all prepared, right? From the, the last rise Jedi. of the Jedi something. <laughs> The Last Jedi. That's it. So they had. So the plan all along was that Kylo Ren was going to be the, the the grand redeemer, and he was going to be the one to save everything. Blah blah blah. blah. And I like him throughout the whole. Thing. Yeah, it's great. But the rest of the movie is such a fucking muddled, like desperate mess. Here's it's the just, thing. It's, it's just it's, sorry. It, well, it's not just the the dumb plot, which it is dumb. There's no denying that. But like the script is bad like the dialogue is dumb I feel so bad for some of these actors having to say some of the lines that they said they ruined characters that I kind of liked you they were like well how about this like how about in an age when we're really sensitive about racism towards Asian people how they took the Asian character that was unpopular in the previous movie and gave her a zero of a role and then made up some bullshit excuse about how well she was supposed to have most of her scenes with Princess Leia so since Carrie Fisher died we couldn't do it like give me a fucking break you listen to racist assholes on line would you like the fact that an Asian girl could possibly be a, a main character in Star Trek and you pander to them you pander to them the whole the whole movie is pandering it's pa- but pandering to like every fucking like we've talked about this before art should not be a census it should not be a, a, a thing that's taken that you take a fucking survey before you make your movie yeah you can see that that's what went wrong with it yeah. you had like basically like written by committee to fan service the whiniest of nerds in one of the whiniest fandoms in all of nerddom Star Wars fans uh, I think we've all like reached a point now like a critical mass of society where the, and I think Rise of Skywalker might be a good thing because of it because it kind of just shut the door on these people it's like you know what you got your movie and it was a fucking terrible mess Yeah. and we're going to move on we're going to move forward with Star Wars and we're not going to listen to like and we're going to move on with the positive things yes. like the Mandalorian is yeah and then almost simultaneously you get the Mandalorian and people are like oh Star Wars is back it's good again yeah but I guarantee you the people who hated who hated The Last Jedi who also for some reason hated the movie that they made that was made for them to fix the ills of Last Jedi also hate the Mandalorian they're just being drowned out now because no one cares about them anymore right but yeah it's stupid it's a, it was a waste of a fucking Star Wars movie and that's a big deal because years of preparation and money and resources go into these movies mm-hmm. and if you flub one it's a huge fucking waste and it's not just a one off it's like the capper of like a whole whatever 10 year series of movies you know it's, it's a bummer well this time I mean I think that's the problem is they rushed them man I mean you had uh Three movies in six years with the with the prequel trilogy, and I think this is when you had three movies in four years. Oh, it was only like, four years. It was like yeah, twenty fifteen to twenty nineteen, man. It was a quick turnover, dude. Mm. Like a real quick turnover, and you can and you can tell in this one, which 
feels like a half-assed movie. It really does. It, it does. You, it's I'm pretty accepting of me like, too. A good bad movie, even if it was something based on big property like we Star like Wars. all sorts of trash. I was just gonna say I do want to qualify this like panning that we're doing right now by oh, saying I don't hate it. We like we like everything. You yeah. and I find redeeming there are, qualities in like every movie we watch, even the dumb shit. Look, but this movie is it was a big movie written it, by a lot of people, kind of, and like just done completely wrong, and it shows like it's hard to deny. It's just a it's a buzzkill, right? And I'm sure in like four years I'll be able to watch this movie and it won't bother me nearly as much. Yeah. Right. But I just I just think that like you have you only get so many chances to make a Star Wars movie. Like you yeah. Gotta, you gotta fucking do it right. You know you can't you can't like. <laughs> You can't swing and miss this badly because it just taints the whole thing. And now you have, like, this, you know, this series that looked like it was on its way back after being ridiculed for 10 years previously. And it just fucking shot itself in the foot again. It, it, it did the same things wrong that Lucas did with his prequels, you know, just in a different way. Lucas was insular and listened to himself, right, which was wrong. He should have gotten input from other people. And this movie, they listened to everyone and they didn't listen to their own artistic instincts and it failed them. Totally. And and watch this segue. After I was done watching it, it really left me yearning for the epic, long space opera that I didn't (gasps) get. So... We watched this week's movie. Yay, yay. All right, you know what? I think that's good. I think uh, let's just cut it short here and I come just back. assume you didn't do anything interesting this week, so we can move on. Not really, man. You, you got you got me pegged this week, dude. <laughs> you know pretty much what's going on with my life, so... Uh, <laughs> no, not much. Let's, uh, let's, let's, let's quit this fucking about, come back, and talk about a sweet movie. You got it, baby. Bye, guys. Don't call me baby. Okay. Baby. If there is a hell... You might want to go there for some R&R after a tour on Pandora. Out there beyond that fence, every living thing that crawls, flies, or squats in the mud wants to kill you and eat your eyes for jujubes. All right, everybody, we are back. And Chris, what do we have up this week? Well, Nathan, uh, here at Handsome Boys HQ, uh, I think that I like to think we make a point of trying to champion, you know, these small smaller movies forgotten classics from the past and mm-hmm. try to help them mm-hmm. find a new audience right right and, I love uh, looking at independent movies yeah so today will be no exception uh, we're going to talk about a little movie from 2009 called Avatar oh quaint little independent film Avatar yeah oh I love 2009's Avatar <laughs> directed by noted deep sea explorer and pride of Kapuskasing Ontario James Cameron <laughs> Say it one more time for me. Kapuskasing. <laughs> it doesn't get any better. No. Uh, or less funny. Come on, everyone knows who James Cameron is. He's Canada's most successful director. He's one of the most successful directors in the world. If, I mean, up there with Spielberg. Possibly my favorite director. Terminator movies, Aliens, which is a handsome boy's classic, Titanic, if you're into that sort of thing. Uh, oh, if you're listening to this and you like this episode, I'm just assuming it turns out great, so you probably do. It's going to be great. Uh, and you haven't heard the Aliens episode? That's our second favorite episode, so go back and give yeah. that a, a whirl. A whirl. Uh, this movie, like at first glance, you're just like, budget $237 million? Holy shit. That's a lot. That's of, a lot of simoleons. That's a lot of unobtainium right there. It's <laughs> like one piece of unobtainium. Right? Yeah. Uh, but no, this motherfucker, and this is the most recent um, gross after its re release to unseat Endgame. Uh, it is at $2.811 billion worldwide. Holy shit. It also has a rad soundtrack composed by James Horner. It does, yeah. I really like the score. Um, I, I didn't notice that the first time I watched it. Actually, so let's quickly talk about our history with this movie. Actually, no, sorry. Why don't you give me the uh, the other 
Yeah, just curious. real quick before we get into Avatar, uh, other films that came out in 2009 include, and this is a real murderer's row of shit. <laughs> Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, hey. Ice Age, Dawn of the Dinosaurs, Transformers, Revenge of the Fallen, 2012, Up, The Twilight Saga, New Moon, Sherlock Holmes, Angels and Demons, and The Hangover. Oh my. There's a couple of okay ones in there. Harry Potter. And uh, Up is alright. Not the best Harry Potter movie. No, no, it's kind of boring. It's uh, a boring it's one. It's a little boring. It's fun when you watch it as part it's of just the... the... All that happens in it is that Snape kills Dumbledore as part of their master plan. Yeah. That's the only, that's the only item of import in that whole film. Hope you guys have seen it. Uh, if you had too fucking bad, you shouldn't be reading Harry Potter anyway. The author is a transphobe, so shame on you. Anyway, uh, yeah, we, we all, we're not allowed to watch it anymore. You just got to hold on to your memories. Of it. Yeah. So, Avatar. Yeah, I mean, I've always loved this movie. I've never. I know there's a bit of. Revi- I mean, it's kind of weird because the pendulum has swung back the other way now, and people love it again. But there was a big chunk of years there. I'd say like 2012 to like 2016 or 17, where people really turned on this movie. Yeah. And uh, you know, called it basic and you know, Pocahontas in space. Well, I think that's bullshit because it's obviously Fern Gully in space. <laughs> yeah. So get your bullshit right. It kind of is. Yeah. But it doesn't matter because it's so well executed. You um, know, I didn't think about that when I was watching it. Like it's doing enough of its own thing. It's just you know. I mean, I, th- I think what, that if we want... What, what more do we get from James Cameron or we want from him than a simple story told so well that it becomes more than the sum of its parts? Exactly. And I think, I don't know, like, this is the first time I've sat down and I've watched this movie front to back, not just had it on in the background, you know, or half watching it on a hungover Sunday afternoon or something. This is the first time since in probably seven or eight years I've actually sat down to watch this movie front to back. It's long. It's two hours and 40 minutes long. It doesn't feel that way because it's so enjoyable the entire time you're watching it. It fucking moves, man. Uh, I will say that you've seen it more than me. I saw it twice in theaters when it came out. And I'll be quite honest, I was a little underwhelmed at the time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I liked it. That but... seems to be more of like a Chris in that era. You were underwhelmed yes. by a lot of things. I'll be honest, probably the CG offended me at the time. That was when I was first keying into my distaste for but the, the c- replacing of practical effects. But this by... CG still looks really, really, really good 10 years later. It's fun. I, I gave it much more of a pass Like, this way time. better. Way better than, like, a lot of movies that come out now could even hope to look. It made me think of um, Final Fantasy, The Spirits Within. Like, the first time you saw that. Yeah. It was were crazy. You, were you buy these faces as like people they really like nailed the eyes on the navi and the mouth and that yeah, yeah and every, well they did all the, the mocap face, face the face cap right right you know so the face cap the face cap you know the face crap uh yeah so that's i don't know i really really enjoyed it this time without you know we'll, we'll, we'll give our final thoughts later but yeah huge fan of this movie loved it loved every second of it um Found out some more interesting stuff that we'll save for what we learned. It makes me more excited about it. So, cool. cool. Really interested to dive in. So, why don't you, uh, why don't you take us through the first uh, opening beats here? You got it, big guy. Uh, so, I think right off the bat, we just get like some kind of like tribal esque, uh, cool drumming soundtrack. Is and... there a rattlesnake uh, sound that comes in to flourish it? <laughs> no, doesn't oh. quite reach the peaks of uh, what was that? Crocodile any, Dundee. Any given Sunday. Any given Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> I think both of them had. Like, like really <laughs> definitely rattlesnakey sound. I don't know if it was in Cried All They Need but I definitely heard it yeah <laughs> uh, yeah and uh, we get kind of these cool sweeping aerial shots of this crazy jungle uh, and then we get we cut to our protagonist uh, Jake what's his last name 
uh, Sully. Jake Sully, right? Yeah. Jake Sully. Jake Sully. Uh, waking up in a blue tube. Okay, can I just say something here? He comes out of cryo sleep in this. He doesn't look like he wants to puke his guts out. He does. He describes it as like a, a night of tequila and a bad headache or something. So, so I guess like by the time, you know. The Wayland Utani Company has folded, and then they, they, this new Marine Corps has this, RDA RDA has uh, mastered, uh, or at least laid the load of cryo, uh, cryo space. And and he does mention he was in there for six years. So yeah, five, almost five, yeah, five and a half years or something. Yeah, um, that's just a little segue because we usually talk about how everyone gets out of cryo sleep and they're like, oh my god. Yeah, we should, we should rate those like on a scale of. Uh, this looked like a three. It's like a three. Uh, yeah, three out of five. We have yet to encounter a one. No, it hasn't happened yet. Um, yeah, so we, it's a lot of voiceover from him doing a little bit of exposition work here. Well, what, like, let's t- tell us why he's going to Pandora. Yeah, so his brother died. Uh, his brother was a scientist studying for this project. His twin brother. His twin brother, Which yes. Which is important. Identical twin. Uh, what is that? Is that fraternal? No, that's identical, because they have the same DNA. Okay. That's how he can fit into the Avatar. Yes. A fraternal twin would well, not I, I knew that. A fraternal twin would have been useless, although that would have been a hilarious movie. Jake's, uh, Tom Sully's fraternal twin shows up. Hey, I'm ready to get into the Avatar! Uh, I can only hey, I can only use one arm. I'm here one for leg. the avatar. You put me in the avatar. <laughs> Why doesn't he talk like that? I don't know. He should though. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the exposition. Yeah, his brother died. He was a scientist. He's trained for years for this project. This guy's a. Uh, we're a dropout marine. Uh, a dropout marine. He got blown. His legs blown off in a combat. Not off, but his spine. Well, spine up. got fucked up. He's a spinal. Right. He's a paraplegic. Believe. You keep burying the lead. Yeah. Um, that's what I do, baby. Uh, he also says, I caught this this time, his brother, I thought it was, he was going to die on something Pandora-related or space no, travel-related. mugged. He just got mugged and killed for the paper in his wallet. For the paper in his wallet. Uh, it's, this is where you first get your hints of uh, Sam Worthington's Australian accent. Well, because this, this is pretty early in his career, right? Like, I think he did this movie and Terminator Salvation both came out at the same time. And... His American accent is rough. It is vastly improved over the years, but he is like lethal weapon Mel Gibson level. Hey, man. Hey, guys. Yeah, hey, <laughs> yeah that's what you notice the most. There's a scene where he says, hey, guys, and he straight up says, hey, guys. Hey, guys. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. He says a few other little things there. He's The tour that he's doing is going to be six years on Pandora as well. So he's, He talks about, we all hear about Pandora, but we've never been there. Earth's a shithole. That kind of shit. Yeah. Shit. Uh, it's a shithole, all right. So then we get a panning shot of this cool, pretty phallic uh, spaceship. How would you rate its phallus? Uh, on our existing established scale of space penises. Yes. I'm going to give it a three. It's, yeah. it's very long, and it does have some balls attached but to it. It's very thin, and I don't think it would really get a lot of pleasure if it was thrusting yeah. back and forth. It's kind of rigid. It doesn't have the smooth edges you expect from a four space penis. No, no, no. It doesn't so. really. But it is long. Yeah, it, it is, is long. long. So right. it has that. So it's, you can be proud of that. Uh, so we, this this uh, voiceover narration does happen oh. once or twice throughout the film. Yes, and it does. Uh, and they're sort of interspersed with little flashbacks, kind of lot, all the exposition that we need to know about Jake, why he's coming, and what he's doing there is precisely is happening in the next five minutes of the film. And then shortly after this, we get our first shot in from space view of Pandora. And Pandora, as it turns out much like Endor, is actually a forested moon. But a gas giant. And also, much like Endor, it's inhabited with sexy natives who uh, have to defend it from uh, white uh, colonialists. Mostly white colonialists. There's some other people in there. Come yeah. on. It's a, it's a 21st century movie. They've got diversity. They've got the Indian doctor in there. The important thing is that you seem to have accepted my statement that Ewoks are sexy. So, I mean... 
for those of you who don't know, Chris is part of a, uh, a group of, of a subculture of the internet called furries. So well, he has no, a really not spe- just furries, specifically Ewok furries. It's all the same, man. Anyway, it's a, uh, it's an extension of the go to the same parties, okay? <laughs> the party you took me to, there was Ewok furries and there were regular furries there, okay? Yeah, that was a shit show. It was a crazy shit show. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, jub jub baby. <laughs> Wicket the same way again. Or is it Yub Yub? Yub Nub? <laughs> oh, I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> Jub Jub's the iguana from this. I knew exactly what you meant. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, let's see. Oh, then we get um, some suits uh, asking Jake about. Uh, oh, that he's to take. They tell him he's taken over. Uh, this is the flashback I just talked about. Is it? Okay. Yeah, this is where it cuts back to them being like, "You're like the same DNA oh, yeah. as your brother." You get a fresh start. You get a fresh start. Yeah. Okay. Great. Uh, and then they're going down to the planet. Um, we get kind of the first shots of what's going on there, which is a big, large-scale mining up. How? But how similar was the drop in this to Aliens? Yeah. Like almost shot for shot. Like they're wearing the same like apparatuses on the drop ship. Like we'll get into it more later. But like I love how he's consistent with his like uh, technology. Technology. Like the the planes that the RDA uses are. Very they, alien. They look a lot like the one in Alien yeah. Aliens dropship. I love that dropship scene. It's so beautiful. Like the way, and it just shows. It just goes to show you, like even the atmosphere of Pandora is hostile to the people, like coming through it. Yeah. And they get down there, and the first thing you see, yeah, is like the the devastation, the quarry that they're that they're mining to get this um, the unfortunately named unobtainium <laughs> out of the dumbest part of the movie, yeah. without a doubt. Um, was it though, or was it the smartest part of the movie? Yeah, I mean, I, I still haven't decided yet. We're talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I also noted here that he mentions he's talking about his legs and he's like you can get that fi- you can get your spine fixed if you have the credits yeah get the money yeah. so he's doing this for the money so hopefully he can repair his so spine this future feels unfortunately more realistic than say Star Trek yes at this yes. point this is not a utopia I, I buy the uh, corporate greed portrayed here so he also meets Norm Spellman uh, the well, no- before that I do want to point out one cool moment sorry I know we got a lot to talk about but it stuck with me when they when he's coming in on his wheelchair uh, one of the big dump trucks comes in. Oh yeah, the arrows. And it's got these like six foot long blue arrows sticking out of the tires. There's also this one really unnecessary part where yeah, there's this really cool panning shot where he's getting off the um, he's getting off the dropship in his wheelchair and he's in the base and he sees all the crazy shit going on. And this big mech walks by him and like walks by him by a pretty good distance, turns around, and goes. Watch it, Hot Rod. Like, totally <laughs> unnecessary. Or they fucked up the CG there. A lot of unnecessary commenting on his being, on his a, being a cripple. <laughs> one, well, the one guy calls him something derogatory. Yeah. Uh, also, look at all the fresh meat. Yeah, look at this new fish. Uh, so they get, uh, they get they get in there. Um, we do meet Norm Spellman, who is his colleague. Uh, or is this after? No, first we get... The, the, the pep talk. We meet the colonel. Oh, yeah. Uh, the real so, hero of the movie. Yeah, so he's, <laughs> he's given the new recruits a, uh, a pep talk about Pandora. So I wrote down a couple of great, delicious lines. Yeah. So Colonel Kurtz from Heart of Darkness is in the is in the movie, and yeah. he is uh, giving a pep talk to the troops. Yeah. So a couple of things he says. First thing he says is uh, he's basically saying you've never seen any shit like this, no matter what you guys have been through in the and past. So like to to put, paint this guy physically, he's like an all American, crew cutted. He looks like Guile when he's like fifty five. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. That's a great way to describe it. Or Van Damme, like when he's a bit younger and more American looking. Yeah. <laughs> big ass, big ass spree scars across his whole head and. And face. The only other role I'd ever seen Stephen Lang in before this was playing General Stonewall Jackson in that Gettysburg movie from like the nineties. Okay. And he's got a big giant beard on him and shit like that. Like he well, didn't like. There's a lot of guys in this that are like kind of. I would almost call them character actors. That yeah. Well, he was a character. Like this was his big thing. Like he hadn't been doing much. 
until the, until this movie. You know who's fuck? I should have saved this for what we learned, but you know who was on deck to play oh, this? Get ready, guys! And You're getting a, a, a fucking and he couldn't do it. Had to schedule what we learned. He couldn't do it uh, because of scheduling and other and other commitments. Was fucking Michael Bean? Oh, to be the Colonel? Yeah. Oh, right. Oh, that would have been great. I know. He said they went and did a bunch of test screenings and all this stuff, but they just couldn't make it work. Yeah, he could play that badass. Yeah, okay. so, uh, yeah. He's, he's giant, this guy is great, though. Stop cutting me off, Chastry. He's got a giant... Yeah, shut up for a second. So, a giant scar across his face. And <laughs> but yeah, he looks like he basically looks like a fucking mean, like, jarhead. He looks like an anime character. He does. Yeah. Yeah. He reminded me, and later, even more so, of the... Uh, the colonel or the general from uh, yeah from Akira the guy who's always looking to take a shit yeah especially because just like that colonel he gets in on the action like on the front lines for sure <laughs> but yeah he like, gives a nice little speech you said you recorded some of it yeah so I didn't record it I wrote it down <laughs> that's I guess also that's a, recording I guess you're right that's a form of recording touche I, I withdraw my uh, objection overruled uh, so he says uh, if there's a hell you might want to go there for some R&R after a tour on Pandora. And then he says, you've never seen anything like this. He says, everything uh, out there that, uh, what does he say, flies, crawls, or squats in the mud wants to eat your eyes for jujubes. Erica was like, jujubes? I was like, you don't know what jujubes are? She ain't no jujubes? Those are real things. So jujubes having survived the great confectionery war of 2131. Yeah. They're the only candy you can get now. Yeah. Taco, you can only taco, get them at Taco, taco Bell. Taco Bell's still running, <laughs> serving up Jujubees. You can only get Jujubees at Taco Bell. And I think this is when we meet Norm? Yeah, so that yeah. scene's over. We go to the lab, the Avatar lab. Right, so we meet Norm, who's the other scientist. Uh, he keeps... I really First, I really didn't like Norm. He seemed like kind of a know-it-all dick who liked to take Jake down whenever he could, you know? Yeah, but you know what? Why he grew on me, maybe you agree. Well, he became a badass later. Yes, but also he's kind of the audience proxy in a way. Like, we're all like, God, I wish I was riding an avatar this planet's so cool like it's amazing and that's how we would be if we were there right and no he ex- audience proxy is Jake because he's the fish out of water I, I guess so, so I'm not sure exactly what movie you saw last night it was Avatar for me it was all about Norm's experience <laughs> when is Norm gonna come back Norm on what's he up to Norm on Pandora the movie <laughs> uh, so we meet him he's the, uh, the other scientist who's been studying for years he speaks Navi um, and then we meet Another uh, handsome boy's Hall of Famer. No, not just a Hall of Famer. She transcends that. She is our queen. She is the queen of the handsome boys. Uh, Sigourney Weaver playing Grace, the head of the project. Oh, so, so pop, great in this. We first meet her as she pops out of her uh, avatar pod. Yeah. Um, and uh, she's immediately not uh, happy that Jake is there. Well, though, first of all... As she's as the there's like an assistant, a lab assistant popping her out, and as soon as the pot opens, she takes off running. Yeah. And then Grace comes out. It's like, where's my goddamn cigarette? Yeah. What's wrong? She holds her hand, open hand out. What's yeah. wrong with this picture? Where's my cigarette? <laughs> oh, she's so fucking good. She looks great. She's just oh man. And this has got to be what? This is the first time. This is the, this is their reunion. Her and James Cameron's like first movie since Aliens yeah. together. Yeah. And yeah. it's just so fucking good. We also didn't mention her. This is also where we get our first shots and explanations of Avatars. Yeah, I just kind of assume everybody knows what it's about. But yeah, we'll explain. So the Avatars in this context are Navi that have been genetically engineered with human DNA to allow humans to project into them, to walk around and control them, right? Yeah, and they call them drivers. Drivers. And... uh, 
The Navi have mostly rejected them as abominations because they kind of are. <laughs> and, uh, I, I kept wondering the whole movie: how did they ever get their foot in the door in the first place? Curiosity, right? Like the the wonder and like the the, the bewilderment be, be, bewilderment of everything at first, right? Like when when we first came to North America, our shitty ancestors. I'm uh, pretty sure the and indigenous people were like, "Hey, what's up? Let's hang out." Yeah, we should didn't go yeah. south for a while. They had they had no conception that somebody could be that evil. Yeah, that cruel, <laughs> messed up, twisted. Yeah, so. Not on a, a macro level, anyway. Um, so I think that's where probably what it was. They were just so wowed by all this that they like let their guard down long enough to realize to, before they realized that oh, these people are just here to take our shit. Yeah. So anyway. Anywho. But that's what the avatars are, and obviously that's why Jake is the only person who can control his brothers because they have the same DNA. Yeah, and she, like you said, she's not pumped about no. it. No. Because her bro- his brother, like, has a PhD, studied for three years for this project. And she, I love how she's like, uh, how much lab experience do you have? And he's like, oh, I dissected a frog once. <laughs> she's like, how many hours do you have? He's like, oh, none. <laughs> yeah. Like, I like, I just like her attitude. Like, she's such a perfect character. But she's immediately pissed off, and she says, I'm going to go to Selfridge, uh, which is not a... Uh, self-serving fridge but a character played by Giovanni Ribisi in his <laughs> ultimate schizo glory here you know he's so great he's so good yeah what's his name Parker Parker Selfridge uh, Parker Selfridge yeah he's also in the sequel apparently so his role will get reprised so he's there and only there he's like your typical corporate douche just assigned to Pandora to do a job he doesn't really care about what's going on there yeah you know he's playing golf in his in the war room you know before like, before Grace gets there to, to chew him out about uh, Jake he does give the exposition of like why they're there it's a little bit exposition-y yeah it is it's like come on you know as well as I do that we're just here for unobtainium of course and this is how much it costs how much was it which is 20 million per kilo oh yeah. I thought it would be more I wanted to I looked it up to see how much it compares to the price of cocaine I mean, maybe for inflation, but a kilo of cocaine is about $100,000 Interesting, in interesting. Hold on, let me write that down. Okay. Okay, go on. Yeah. <laughs> we'll move some funds around. Seems, yeah. Seems achievable, you know? Yeah, so um, real quick before we get... I know that we're... Oh, this is going to be so long. Before we get too much deeper into this, let's talk about unobtainium for a moment. Okie dokie. So I'm really confused... And that's why I think it might be a joke or just he did it on purpose because you spend all these years and time not only crafting this like science fiction world with like a language, but the technology to make it. And the best term that you can come up with for your MacGuffin is unobtainium. Yeah, it's definitely a MacGuffin. Uh, I will, I'll, tell you what, I'll give you my best sci-fi justification, which as we both know is a skill you need to have to enjoy sci-fi movies. Agreed. Uh, I would like to think that this corporate powerhouse uh, named it because they discovered it and it's a branding um, yes right yes like Xerox or yeah or Kleenex it's, it's a trademark fuck yeah you know what you just saved unobtainium for hey. me baby you're welcome. Just why I keep you around for you know one every twenty podcasts that you say something insightful. You give me a call, Jim, if you need any uh, any of that shit on the new movie. I'm available. James Cameron is a huge fan of our podcast ever since that Aliens episode took the world by storm. <clears throat> if you're listening to this in the future. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's just it is a silly. It's silly. Well, the first time I watched this movie, like I didn't have time to think about it. I remember thinking to myself, "I don't care because this is so good." But this is silly. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's why they're there because unobtainium is the bee's knees. They must use it for like space travel or something, kind of like spice, I guess, and Dune. Like it's got some type of like. It's a spice. It's a it's for a, like it's, a, it's a, cakes and like. <laughs> it's a it's a MacGuffin, right? It doesn't. You don't really need to know what it is. It's just what everyone wants. Yeah. So, um, for those of you who don't know what a MacGuffin is. 
fucking figure it out because I'm not going to explain it. Uh, it's an Irish guy. <laughs> so Great Storm's in. She's pissed off. He's actually reveals the true reason why he wanted Jake there is that Jake's also, well, not just beyond the financial implications, but that Jake is also an ex-Marine, and that will lend uh, combat value to them being out there in this dangerous situation. Yeah, he says, like, I, I, the way I see it, we got lucky with this. Right? Yeah, so. And they did, because Jake's pretty badass. So, uh, I think we really quickly, like, this movie just moves. Yes. Like, really quickly, we're, we're just about for them to take the... the his, his first Avatar His ride. first Avatar's test drive here. This is actually a really sweet scene, because Jake obviously being... Uh, um, you know, disabled and hasn't walked in a long time. Is really excited to be able to get up and walk now. Yeah. So. Yeah, it blows his mind right off the bat. Like, he's pumped about it. Yeah. He, he wakes up in it for the first time, and like you're supposed to take it really slow. Hey guys. Yeah. Hey guys. Yeah. yeah. And learn how to move, and he just gets up and tries to like walk around the lab that he's in. Oh, like, his tail's flinging around everywhere. Yeah. And, like he rips the cords out of the back of his head, and he runs out into the yard, which it turns out is like a. Avatar practice obstacle course. Did you think about how his giant blue dick must have just been flapping around in the wind as he was like you, running? You know, the... I didn't actually. Oh. But now I am. <laughs> uh, he runs past a, uh, an NBA game in progress, <laughs> a Navy Basketball Association game. Oh! I guess basketball having been the only sport to survive into the 22nd century. Right. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know what I just want to say it right now. Grace's avatar is so sexy to me. Yeah. She got a Stanford, like, cut-off shirt on. Jesus Christ. What are you trying to do to me, Sigourney? So, it's not so bad enough you're hot in woman form. You have to be hot in Navi form, too? Yeah. yeah so these avatars are, like, 10-foot-tall fucking... Adonises. Lean Adonises. Yeah, just all muscular and powerful. The, and uh, It's a part of a point I'll bring up more later that really, like, tied together some of the lore of this movie to me, but they do point out around here that the the Navi have, like, naturally occurring carbon fiber on their bones. To make them more strong. Yeah, yeah. so they're, like, hard to kill, so... Uh, well, they're a, they're a group of... Well, this particular version of the Navi grew up, had to evolve to just, like, survive that jungle. Right? So they had to be able to be protected against it, like, from all angles. Exactly. I, yeah. I just noticed that I wrote down in my notes, Grace's avatar rolls up. Damn. <laughs> uh, it's okay for us to objectify her because it's, it's not real. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I guess they, they do a little more exposition here. We learn about the little school that they have. Right. There's a few Navi that still trust and hang out with them, I guess. Right. Um... Uh, and they hang out around the compound, and then they go to sleep for the night. And in, in the Navi bunk yeah. they have set up. So I guess whenever the Avatar goes to sleep, that's when the humans wake up, right? Yes. Right. And um, Jake uh, wakes up, and he is immediately summoned by uh, Trudy. Trudy, yeah. Chacon, yeah. played by uh, the beautiful, talented Michelle Rodriguez. Yeah, so he's in the hangar. She's tell, I think she says something like, like, oh, I need you to be the gunner on the next mission. We're down a yeah. man. And then... Um, but before that... Before the, before the mission... We get taken to a private meeting between uh, the colonel and yeah, Jake. Jake rolls up on Colonel Quaritch. Gunshow, <laughs> fucking pumping iron in Which, the hangar. I just call him the colonel because the name Quaritch just sounds like a very weak name. Yeah, it's weird. Q-U-A-R-I-T-C-H. It just reminds me of Quidditch. It does remind me of Quidditch. You know? Yeah, I just got in my notes. He's the colonel. He's the colonel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Jake rolls up on the colonel, and the colonel uses his idioms to tell Jake that he wants him to work for him. Well, you mean his idioms like uh, he doesn't like the science program and calls him a bunch of limp dick science majors? Yes. <laughs> 
Yes, that is what I meant. Uh, so he basically wants Jake to be his eyes and his ears, his spy, um, when they go and finally attempt to infiltrate the Navi again. Yeah, he thinks a, a showdown is imminent, and he wants, like, intel on the tree that they live in and, like, you know, their society and shit. Uh, and he tantalizes, or he sweetens the deal for Jake by saying, oh, if you're one of my boys, I'll get you your legs back, right? I can, yeah. I can write a referral and make sure that they give you the surgery at once you're done your tour here. Uh, and then he climbs in his big-ass, cool mech suit and uh, does a little shadow boxing. You've got to come away with me in my mobile command unit. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, he does. Um, Release me from your kung fu. <laughs> uh, but th- so, yeah, basically, Jake is down. He's like, you got it, sir. Yeah, you know? yeah, he's stoked about it right now. He's, yeah. he's got nothing else going on. He doesn't know about what's going on on the planet. He hasn't it's- fallen in love yet. Exactly. Okay? He hasn't met equally hot. His relationship with this man hasn't been ruined the way it does for all men by another woman, girl. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well done. Uh, so he goes to the little the little meeting with the, the little mission with the uh, Marines. Yeah. So it's the next day. He's in his avatar. They're flying through the jungle in this. Uh, so these are the the like helicopters they use. Did you? Okay. I, I looked at the name of the actor. I forgot. But the bald guy who's always with them. That's the guy in Daredevil who like makes him his armor. Oh really? Yeah. Oh the guy that like the weird like the quiet dumb guy that like makes the suits yeah yeah okay yeah that's him same actor did not catch that yeah um yeah so that they're all in the these like they call them scorpions they're like the helicopters halo dropships yeah they got like drone uh propellers yeah fly them around which is kind of cool they actually have uh prototype ships that do that i mean that seems like the way of the future right That, that seems like the most uh practical practical like for maneuverability and shit uh, and efficiency too. Yeah, um, I'm a big fan of efficiency. So. Oh yeah, we, yeah. here at Handsome Boys, we love efficiency. Yeah, it's important. That's that's why we're talking about this right now instead <laughs> of this two and a half hour long movie. Uh, but basically, they're getting they're, they're they're going there to get more more data about Grace's theory that everything is kind of connected through some type of like the forest yeah. cell network underneath the forest, yeah. right? I gotta say too, even the aerial shots and then especially when we land, the jungle's fucking beautiful. Yeah, it's a real jungle spruced up, right? Yeah. But it's still, yeah, it's still really beautiful. So, yeah, so they've landed in the jungle. Uh, immediately, Grace and Norm, is it Norm? Norm. Uh, take to, like... Norm! <laughs> Norm! I'll kill you. I'll kill all of you. <laughs> I love that. That's The Simpsons, everybody. Woody, give me a beer. I think you've had enough, Mr. Peterson. My chiropractor says I can't carry you home anymore. Just give me another beer, you brain-dead hick! I'll kill you! I'll kill all of you! Oh. Whoa, settle down, Nami. Oh. Gotta save those pipes for karaoke. <gasps> <laughs> so. so, yeah, so Grace and Norm are taking samples of these roots. This is where we get our first kind of hint at the science that they're setting on the planet of, like, that all the roots are, like, interconnected, almost similar to, like... It's some uh, type of, like, cellular... Ne- like, she's, she's, hypo- she's hypothesizing, like, scientific Gaia. Yeah, essentially, yeah, exactly. right? Yeah, yeah. The whole very is, final, very Final Fantasy. It functions like neurons or like a computer. Effectively, the plot of Final Fantasy once again. Final Fantasy: The Spirits Within. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, and while they're doing that, uh, Jake Avatar Jake decides to go on a little stroll through the jungle. You know, as one would when he's in a hostile foreign place. And you he's know. only heard horrible things. About yeah, so like it's just like when Jake was a marine. You know, when he would deploy in the the bush in Venezuela, he would just wander off by himself. Away yeah. from his platoon, so, so I, he knows the drill. Yeah, uh, I think we can zip through this part a little bit uh, since we got ground to cover here. Sure, I just kind of want to mention just a couple quick things I want to yeah. mention. Uh, key moments there. Yeah, so I felt a lot of similarities in this between um, 
the jungle in uh, Fire and Ice. Ah. And a lot of like similar scenes as well as like King Kong. You yes, know? Definitely King Kong, yeah. But, but Fire and like Ice. The, the giant jungle. Uh, Fire and Ice, I felt, I found very, very, very similar. Like a lot of the, you know, they're hiding in uh, a, a log, and then a monster comes up, and then a bigger monster comes out behind them, or right. more, like that kind of trope. So he does run into a couple of pretty cool uh, monsters, but basically he gets separated from the pack here. We'll point out one of the monsters, I think, or two of them, because they come back later. You got the battering your, ram guy, you got your hammerhead rhinoceros elephant creature. Yeah. And you're, uh, I want to compare it mostly to a tiger, panther. I think, or a panther. Kind of reminded me of Gira from the Jungle Book, you yeah, know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but yeah, he, he, he encounters one of the hammerhead things, he scares it off, it's just doing a mock charge. The panther thing jumps out from behind him, and he's like, uh, he yells to Grace, like, what do I do about this one? Do I stand my ground? So fucking run! He's like, run, definitely run. So this, it's a pretty spectacular chase sequence through it, the jungle. It's good. It's very exhilarating. We're not going to go through a beat by beat. Yeah, but it ends in uh, Jake's only... Uh, uh, recourse being to jump off of a cliff into like a the pool of a waterfall yeah away from it yeah think Arnie and Predator exactly yeah and uh, yeah he's stranded down there he's a little beat up uh, the crew uh, can't find him they're like you know, flying the helicopter around. They're like, yeah, we can't run night ops. We're going to have to check back in the morning. Grace, but why can't they run night ops? I want to know, like, what... Like, yeah, what it, comes out at night? Is, maybe the banshees are too dangerous at night or something like so, that? It's got to be some kind of yeah. animal threat, right? Uh, and then, yeah, so he's alone. He uh, quickly goes Rambo. He fashions himself a spear and a torch out of, like, the native materials. And then he gets jumped by a pack of... Kind of like jackal, like yeah, coyote jackal-like things. Yeah, none of them are furry, or, like or, or mammals. No, they're, they're all sleek. Like, yeah, they're all smooth, like almost reptilian yeah. in a way, like kind of halfway between reptiles and. Well, that's the whole thing. Like everything is kind of looks like it evolved from the same type of cre- original creature. Yeah, there's a lot, of, right? a lot of synergy between yeah. all elements of the environment, which is cool. Uh, yeah, they get the better of him. Well, oh, we do get a shot before he gets attacked that he is getting followed. He's being stalked by a native na- yeah, a se- navy. A sexy navy lady. Yeah. Uh, a, wearing a loincloth and not much else. And like something to cover, some type of like bead system to cover her nipples perfectly that never seems to move out of the way. Just her nipples, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they these jackals get the better of him. Uh, and then she saves his ass. She jumps out from behind like a log and like arrows one of them real good. First... She's actually going to kill him. Right. But the moon flies, or whatever the fuck they are... Yeah, so... The, uh, we'll just say it now because we learn later. They're the seeds of the, the great tree. Of the great tree. But yeah, it lands on her arrow before she before she uh, un, uh, looses it. and uh, which, so she's, which is a sign to her. Yeah, so she doesn't kill Jake Sully. She rescues him. And uh, it's pretty cool. You know, she goes in there and... Um, you know, she also castigates him for being an idiot. Uh, she calls him a baby, making yeah. noise everywhere. You're like a baby. You're like a baby. Yeah. Um, it's really, yeah, it's a good scene. So he keeps following her around and he, then. Yeah, she's like, yeah, he follows her and he's like, uh, she's like, you are like a baby making making noise. And uh, he's like, oh, well, then then teach me. Right. And she's like, oh, you sky people don't learn. So we first get sky people. Sorry, Nausicaa. That's also what I got a lot of. Oh, yeah, anime movie, Miyazaki movie. Our first episode of The uh, Handsome Boys. Yeah, Nausicaa, Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. Yeah. A lot of that in here. Yeah. That movie, it can't be overstated how much it contributed to like Not movies just, and just video games. So much science fiction. Boros from that, so yeah, I think but, a lot of that. But it is not unlike 
Mononoke, which also this movie has some of that too. He's ripped himself off in that movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I like to say Nausicaa is like three of his later movies, like all combined into one movie. Totally, yeah. Yeah, but that movie is like a, a real environmental like statement. Just like this one. Just so. like this one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, where was it? Sorry, she. So he's met up with Natiri here. Yeah. Right. Whose uh, name we don't know yet. Natiri. Uh, yeah. Uh, we'll have to say because it, it doesn't come up for a little bit. Quite a while. I'm yeah. surprised. A lot of the names yeah. actually of the, of the Navi, especially. Um, she speaks English, right? We, we said that, but yeah. that's worth noting. So she must have been taught by Grace in her school or something, yeah. or like made contact there. Um, yeah, there he's chasing her along these routes, and they stop for a minute. Well, she doesn't want him to follow her, right? She's like, "Get the fuck out of here!" And then once again, the 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 seeds all fall on him and give her another sign. So she like all over him. Yeah, it only him. She backs up, and he's just covered in these glowing yeah. little. I love how he's trying to like swat them away and then she smacks him. Yeah. She's like, no. Yeah, yeah, Idiot. I love how... What's the like, word for moron? Jowan or something like that? Or yeah. Scowling. Yeah, I love it later when he's like, uh, I'm getting... We're spending a lot of time with Neytiri. She calls me Jowan, which means moron. No, Scowling. Scowling, which Scowling. means moron. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, they're like fucking like land jellyfish or something. Skyfish. Yeah. Sky jellyfish. I don't know. I call them moon seeds. Yeah. Everything in this forest is bioluminescent. Too. Yeah, it's pretty when, cool. I love how when they run, like the it lights plants up the on ground. the ground light up. Yeah, as soon as it gets too dark, everything lights up, which is yeah. pretty amazing. That's She swats the... She throws his torch in the lake at one point. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what's been attracting the hostile exactly. uh, creatures, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so when, well, after the seed thing happens where they all land on him, then she says, okay, come. Uh, and man, you don't have to. You don't have to do her tribal accent. Okay, (laughs) I mean, it's I don't know. What is it? Their goal? Yeah, you go away. It's a mixture of indigenous North American and like African, sub-Saharan Africans. Yeah. So let's not. Try not to do it too much. Too, too much. I, I do like it though. It, it, it's. I like it too, Chris. Fun. We could after this we're done recording. We can talk like tribal people to each other all night, and no one will know. Okay, I look but forward. Let's just get through I look this. forward to that. Uh, yeah. So she's like, okay, you gotta follow me. This is a sign, right? Yeah. We're gonna take you to see uh, whatever Moat or somebody. One of them blue monkeys or whatever. <laughs> get to that line later. Uh, yeah, so they, they take, she takes him to, uh... Home tree. Yeah, the, the home tree. Yeah. The Deku tree. The Deku, the great Deku tree, and she meets the, uh, her, yeah. the father, oh, she finds out the chief is her father. Yeah, meet, he meets the parents. Of course. Pretty early in the relationship for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In my opinion. The father played by the great, uh, indigenous actor Wes Studi, who yeah. you would know from Last of the Mohicans and, uh, Mystery Men. Mystery Men, yeah. Yeah, uh... And then we meet... Um, He's great. They really make that character look like him. A bit. He looks so much like him. Like, yeah. it's crazy. And so does CCH Pounder, too. Yeah. Yeah, so... He's the tribal leader. Her father. Her father, Neytiri's father. But he's not the boss. He's not the boss. Neytiri's mom is the boss. Mother. She's like the uh, shaman or whatever, right? Like yeah. Like the uh, spiritual leader of the tribe. Moat, played mm-hmm. by the great CCH Pounder. Yeah, of the S.H.I.E.L.D. fame. Yeah. Have you seen that fucking... You, oh, I'll just say it. Nathan sent me a clip from... Uh, from uh, we'll, we'll put it in here. It's pretty funny. From what? From It's uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. It's Always Sunny. Yeah. <laughs> What's his name doing his... Dennis doing his CCH Pounder impression. Yeah. It's pretty good. Like, it's pretty good. Like, yeah. for like a skinny white guy to pull that off. <laughs> That's why it's so funny. Is because yeah. it's pretty good. You just kill... Yeah. Anyway, we'll put it in right here. CCH Pounder. Who's that? CCH, yeah, the actress from The Shield. Love that show. Okay, yeah, no, I can do that. Yeah, let's see. 
Karens do you have us running for the DA? Whoa! <laughs> okay, uh, I like that. Yeah, so uh, basically the argument here, they, they tell, they're going to kill him right off the bat. Uh, yeah, her brother. Her, yeah, or no, it's not her brother, because he's, he's her betrothed. Right? I thought it was her brother. No, they, uh, Grace says it later, he's the next, he's he's like uh, betrothed to marry her to become the next tribal leader. And he's played by uh, that the same actor who plays Mother's Milk in The Boys. Yeah, I can't remember his name. Yeah, we'll look it up. He's Mother's we'll Milk in The Boys. Uh, but yeah, they, they say they're not going to kill him. He introduces himself very clumsily, yeah. but he states he's not a scientist. Uh, he's a warrior. And they've never met a warrior sky people sky person before. Right. right. They call humans sky people, which I think is cool. Yeah. I like that the mother, too, says, like, you sky people uh, can't learn. It's too hard to... You can't fill a cup that's already full. Yeah, yeah that's what she says. I actually have the quote here. What does she say? Um... I think it's that you cannot fill a cup. Oh, that's my notes are my notes are such a mess. But yeah, you cannot you cannot fill a cup that is already full. And then he goes, "My cup's empty." Trust yeah, me. I love that. <laughs> yeah, it's a great line. Uh, I really like that so one. So they they have a little caucus and they decide, all right, well we're going to teach him. You're going to learn our ways. And not only that, Nateri is going to teach you. She's, and she's like, oh, but mom. <laughs> yeah, she she not into it. He's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so he's going to learn and. Uh, they then go to sleep in their pea pod hammocks. Yes. M- Marianne doesn't get in the hammock with them, though. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, right, and then they wait. Uh, Jake wakes up oh, okay. back at uh, home base. Yeah, and everyone's, everybody wakes up in People Town in his crappy body. Yeah, and everyone's in his broken, frail body. And everyone's really, everyone's really excited. Uh, both Sigourney Weaver, uh, Grace is really excited because... She feels that Jake is her way back into the Navi, and the Colonel is very excited, almost boner level excited, yeah. because he can infiltrate, right? And they basically tell him, like, you got three months, three months to get him to get the Navi away from Home Tree, because what we've just discovered is that they're the largest unobtainium deposit in like the whole continent area or whatever is directly underneath Home Tree, of course, right? Yeah, Parker says that. He also gives a the. the kind of uh, uh, encapsulating line of the greed of the RDA corporation where he's like, I know killing natives looks bad, but the only thing that looks worse to, to shareholders is a bad quarter, right? So it's pretty bald on its face that they don't give a shit, like... No. The needs of the natives is like, if we could do this peacefully, fine, but it's we're getting that money. Like, the preferred method is to get them out of there, but we're going in either way, basically, right? right. So, um... Yeah, so Jake's cool with this still. He, has still, he still has no... Feelings. He still just thinks of himself as a, a grunt at this point, doing a doing a mission. I don't. I don't know if he says it here, but to your point about Grace, like at one point in the movie, he does point out that like she knew. It's right here. Yeah. He's doing it when he's because when they're just about to go to their uh, their launch facility or wherever they go. For whatever reason, they go to the Hallelujah Mountains here in a sec. Yeah. And they, um, but during the voiceover to that, uh, he says Grace knew I was talking to the Colonel. Yeah. But, she she was paying attention. Yeah. Like, but he she thought he's his way her way back. In exactly. The we did we get a couple of things before they go to that mountain yeah. thing. So they, they do one more mission. Jake's back in the pod, like, first thing in the morning. Tribal life starts early, Grace yeah. says to him. Uh, this is his first horse riding lesson. Was that before the mountains? Yeah. Yeah, okay. that comes just slightly after this. Wow, good thing there are horse-like creatures on this planet that Jake could be so comfortable and familiar with. Yeah. <laughs> she even calls it a horse for his benefit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so he uh, he's getting his horse riding lesson from Neytiri. Uh This is where we first learn about the... The, the Navi's ability and all the I guess all the 
like uh, life animal life on the planet they have these like tendrils that come out of like usually stalks or tentacles well, so on the navi the hair grows around it and they use it as a ponytail right well, most with other creatures it could be like the ears or come out the back of the head right and it doesn't exist on every creature but every like mammal of a certain size will have one of these things right exactly yeah and anything that could <laughs> for entertainment purposes be used as a uh, weapon or a companion <laughs> yeah exactly uh yeah, so it's like they you link it to the horse, and then you're kind of like connected to it. You can feel its heartbeat, and you can think what you want it to do, right? And once you get good at it, and you don't have to like drive the horse, you can just think, go left, go yeah. right, stop, whatever. So he gives it a shot. He gets bucked pretty hard into the mud right off the bat. Uh, I think uh, first moment for interaction between Jake and Sute, which is the uh, the young warrior yeah. of the tribe, the. Uh, the prince, I guess. Yeah. Uh, rides by after he's eaten it in the mud and like gives him some shit about it. Jake pushes back to it. it's funny. Sute's like, you should go. And he's like, oh, I can't do that. You'd miss me too much. He's like, yeah. And, and, and then Jake goes, I knew you speak, spoke English. <laughs> yeah. Kind of gets a little laugh out of it. I love too. how they're all speaking English too. They're just making, there's no, there's no, there's no bones about that. There's no hiding that. It's like, yeah, English won the culture war. Here we are, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, they do some. They do some Navi, right? Like, even Jake is... No, 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 Navi for sure. But, I mean, like, we don't hear any other human... Like, like the humans don't speak any other languages. Yeah, for sure. Like, humans of all colors and creeds are speaking exclusively English in this facility. Hollywood's in charge of what happens in space in the future. But it's not, but, like... Hollywood is English, so... It's it's not that far. Like, the international language of business is English. Yeah. Right? Like, if you're an international business tycoon, like I hope to be someday, and Mm -hmm. you currently are, you have to speak English. Right. So, you know. Anyway, um... Uh, <laughs> the horse scene's kind of small. Let's just move on from it that. It is. Uh, we go back to human Jake. Uh, this is the first scene of him actually giving intel to the colonel and Parker yeah. in the uh, command center. Uh, one of the scientists overhears it. I guess that's where we first kind of figure out that probably Grace knows what's yeah, going yeah. on. Uh, they go to the lab and they're talking about they're doing their next mission. To, they have a remote lab. So why do they go to the remote lab? Just so they could so, so we could see the mountains for fun? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a plot device. Uh, I think there might be some exposition of like they're going there to study something out there. It's in the they call it the Hallelujah Mountains. Yeah, and what's called the Flux Vortex. Yeah, and these are the. Uh, I think Norm does the the work for the movie there where he's yeah. like, the, the famed floating mountains of Pandora? You didn't know about them? Yeah. yeah, this is like the third time that Jake has asked a question and Norm's been like, uh, excuse me, the such and such and such? You didn't know about that? Yeah. And I was really ready to fucking smack Norm's nerdy ass in the face. For sure. If I was Jake, I'd have grabbed me like, shut up, nerd! <laughs> uh, I don't know why, you just make me want to bully you. Oh. I wasn't thinking about it and just bring it out of me. Uh, yeah, so they fly out uh, so Grace, Norm, uh, Jake, uh, Michelle, Trudy. Trudy, and the other guy, the, the bald guy from Daredevil. The bald guy from Daredevil yeah. uh, to this like kind of trailer they have set up on one of the floating rocks, I think. Uh, but it's way out in the in these floating mountains. Yeah, uh, they got pods out it's there. It's pretty spectacular. Like, there's no other way to describe this scene. I mean, this was breathtaking back in the theaters. It still looks great to this day. Um, they're modeled after those mountains. I think we were talking about them in Arachnophobia in Venezuela, where they're like the caps. And there's also some places in China that have a similar um, thing going on. Yeah, I can't remember what that place yeah. is called. Also, uh, How Long Bay in Vietnam has that look too. These like kind of spires sticking. I'll out take the, the king of some young guy. <laughs> All right. Anyway, you said how long bay? I mean, that makes sounds made up, okay? How long has this been going on? Okay, that's enough of that forever. 
Uh, but yeah, they go to their remote facility and Jake's doing his like weird talking heads, like recording all. Oh like, yeah, so he does a recording vlog. everything. He's doing his vlog. His vlog, you know. Um, and there's a lot of like a big montage here of him going back and forth, uh, Le- learning Navi, learning shit. Navi shit. So I think we could probably move past that up until yeah, until the last part of that is where he gets introduced to the concept of these flying uh, dragons. Yeah, so the humans call them banshees, which I think we'll have to call them because I don't remember. Yeah. I'm not I haven't boned up on my Navi it got displaced by Dothraki so <laughs> and then Klingon's just gone for sure oh that's just gone dude that was gone Elvish pushed that out right <laughs> and then Navi pushed out Elvish and then you know Dothraki got rid of I only have room for one fictional language in my head <laughs> so um, uh, yeah uh, basically Neytiri uh, Neytiri uh, it's a hard name to remember sure uh explains to him that like this is if you want once you become a warrior and become a, a great hunter you need one of these they only it's I'm not like riding a horse uh, it these things only bond with one rider for their whole lives which has some interesting implications I want to talk about later for sure so is this where he's gonna learn to become the last airbender then uh, I keep waiting for that to come up what <laughs> what are you talking about the last airbender avatar the last airbender uh- Whoa, you're on real shaky legal ground right now, man. <laughs> James Cameron has made sure that that franchise will never have the word Avatar in it ever again. Yeah. And he was right to do it. Took over their Google search. Oof. <laughs> so we get one more vlog from Jake. This is a montage, I think, that you referenced. Uh, he's learning all the Navi shit, like we said. Uh, he's he's getting smarter, better, faster, stronger. He's learning how to move like a Navi, how to hunt. Yeah, like you see, we're seeing all that. We're seeing that montage of him being like quicker and more nimble and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's where we get the uh, the moron thing too. Like, yeah, scoun. Yeah, talk about it. she calls me scoun, which means moron. Uh, it's cute. I like that. And then him and Norm are finally starting to bond. Yeah, that's happening yeah, too. He goes, yeah, Norm thinks I'm a scoun too. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He's, he's in with the scientists too. He, this is him him changing right like yeah. it's, it's affecting him he's he's getting more attached to the navi world and the planet of the people than getting more attached to the theory is more like it yeah, you know what I'm saying yeah uh, oops, excuse Oof. me Oof. Uh, Chris is up Chris is fine everybody I'm fine hell <laughs> episode uh, the the montage ends in Jake getting his first uh, kill with a bow and arrow he shoots it he goes he does the prayer you know, that he saw and they hear you do at the beginning that I think we didn't mention, but you have to kind of like, yeah. you know, wish the soul of the yeah, animal she, back to the spirit of the forest. We didn't mention it. When she killed uh, an animal saving Jake, she did the whole ceremony thing. It's yeah. very similar to what our uh, indigenous people in North America do when they, you know, hunt and kill. Yeah. You know, w- welcome it back to the land. It's the right? right attitude. Definitely the right attitude to take. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, she says, uh, you're, you're a clean kill. Uh, you're ready, right, is what she says to him. Uh, so now it is time for Jake to take the final step to becoming a hunter, which is to bond with one of these dragon banshee things. Oh boy. So this is cool. Uh, so Neytiri, Jake, uh, Tsute, and a few other Navi warriors climb the floating rocks. It's so cool. It's like so It's cool. breathtaking. Yeah. Like... We haven't even really, like, we kind of just take it for granted. We haven't really talked about the visual fidelity of this movie yet and just how pristine it all looks. It's all so consistent. It's so good looking. Like, yeah, it's for really, a very really pretty. mostly CG movie, like, even the physical shit has some CG over it at times. 
it's like all so uniform. That that is what what helps it hold up. It you know? never looks fake. Right. That's the thing, right? Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know the Navi aren't real, but they never look... There's no Uncanny Valley feeling. No, it's consistent yeah. within the, the style of the movie. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so they climb up, like, the last step is jumping onto these roots that I are hanging. I got one for you. Where the fuck does the water come from in that waterfall, man? Right, yeah. You know, like, it's just spraying out into... Uh, yeah, there's waterfalls everywhere. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, whatever. Maybe they catch the moisture. I don't know. Um... But yeah, they go up there uh, to they climb up the roots that are like loosely attached to various, which are hanging like a thousand feet yeah, over the forest. And they they go to a banshee nest, which looks like nightmares I've had. Yeah, man, it's I like how they're all like different sizes and shapes, maybe different species or something. Not too. species, they're just like you know variety yeah. amongst them. Yeah. So uh, Sute is like you know doing the thing of like oh Jake Sully will go first, right? Yeah. Uh, so he gets to scale this little little uh, ledge to get out there uh, and interior gives him a pep talk he's like just remember what I taught you like you gotta do the bond as soon as possible she also says the thing of like uh, you know he'll choose you and he's like how do I know yeah, he'll try to kill you yeah he'll try to kill you and he's like oh beautiful <laughs> yeah so Jake's you know, he's proven to have some balls so he just jumps right in there and he starts uh, sniffing around and finally locks eyes with a pretty mean looking uh, banshee and you know he kind of like growls back and forth the banshee the banshee's had enough and goes for him so he knows this is it. Yeah. And fucking Jake does some straight up jujitsu on this uh-huh. banshee. Uh-huh. He puts it on like a rear naked chair. I knew you were going to appreciate that. Yeah, it was cool. Like at the end, he gets the things back at like the back of his neck and he like does like locks down his uh, yeah. mouth with his legs, like close guard on him. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Fucking jams his uh, ponytail inside of it unconsensually. His, his hair penis. Yeah. Uh, into the, the tentacles of this banshee. <laughs> very anime. Yeah. Very, very <laughs> anime. And the thing immediately takes off on the cliff. Yeah. with him and he eventually it's great it's like smashing into walls and he can't control yeah. it and then he yells out loud it's like knock it off and fly straight and it immediately like levels out yeah. and he's got control of it it's awesome yeah and uh and Atiri jumps on hers real quick and catches up to him uh voice over here I really liked from Jake he says uh, I may not be much of a horse guy but this I was born to do this it's pretty fucking cool and it definitely makes me jealous that I can't do that yeah um I remember the first like I don't want to take take it back to the, the theater too much right but I remember the first time I saw this movie um, I'd done a little bit of mushrooms before <laughs> cool. going into the theater and this part in particular was I just could not I was just like awestruck I was just jaw the just floor clenching the arms of your pretty chair. much man like yeah I got nauseous a couple times it was the first 3 three movie of that kind I'd seen so it was new it's shot well like it is. you definitely there's moments where you're in a POV bit where you're like Ooh. I've only ever seen one other movie since Avatar that used 3 that well and that was Judd, that was the dread oh the yeah urban one. yeah yeah otherwise yeah it's kind yeah. of just a bust but yeah so they fly around the two of them fly around for a while they kind of like exchange some winks and glances and stuff some sexy glances yeah and then Jake gives this uh, VO line of like uh, I forget what he says he's like the only thing about like hunters is there's always a bigger hunter or some shit like that. Yeah, and then we see the the sh- the, the sun blotted out by this silhouette in a very ominous scene and this giant banshee that looks like a fucking 
Guillermo del Toro creature factory monster just yeah. comes at them and it's a pretty harrowing scene like they narrowly escape this thing yeah um, they weave through the jungle yeah yeah and like and when they finally land like I love Nateri looks at him like with her mouth and eyes wide open and then he laughs and then she laughs and it's like that was fun you know? yeah and uh, I think when they're back at home base um, there's a skull of one of these things yeah and it's like oh, I can't remember the, the, the uh, shadow or la- something the last shadow the last shadow because the last thing you see yeah right? yeah Jake goes yeah right last shadow you ever see yeah, and apparently her great grandfather or something had ridden one. Yeah, her great great grandfather. Great great grandfather, and only five Navi since they started recording history had ever successfully been able to to ride one. Yeah. So put that in your mind for yeah. a second. So on that note, uh, Jake's uh, firmly nestled in a or in a Navi culture. Uh, at this big moment, we're going to use that opportunity to take our intermission. The cost of unobtainium just keep continues to skyrocket. Yeah, we're going to go check our unobtainium stock prices. You know, do a little trading. I have the app. Yeah, do a couple of lines of unobtainium. Oh, I'm not supposed to tell anybody about that. <laughs> I mean, it costs like 50 grand a line, but it's worth it. It's definitely worth it. I like to mix golden with my unobtainium. Oh, Feel yeah. real decadent. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, see you uh, in. Uh, oof. Whenever I come down off the unobtainium. Yeah. Bye. Okay, 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 okay. Look, look. Killing the indigenous looks bad. But there's one thing that shareholders hate more than bad press. And that's a bad quarterly statement. I didn't make up the rules. So just find me a carrot that'll get them to move. Otherwise, it's gonna have to be all stick. Okay? All right. Welcome back. Oh man, nothing's better than sprinkling some unobtainium on your caviar before you wash it down with Cristal. Oh yeah, off an ivory spoon or something. Oh, it was great. Oh, it's oh, the best. Man, I gotta talk to my ivory dealer. I feel like my ivory spoon isn't as ivory like as it could be. Yeah. You know. I'm, I apologize that I forgot to bring the pangolin powder, oh, but that's a real good shit. Next yeah, time. Next time. Next time. We're anyway, gonna get, we're gonna get rock hard boners. <laughs> <laughs> and a new type of coronavirus. <laughs> um, right, so I think, is this the scene where Jake has his Navi bar mitzvah, or is that later? No, that's later. Okay. This is where uh, Neytiri, now that they're flying, he's officially a warrior, she takes him to the Tree of Souls. Right. Yeah, it's like this little tree. And no outsider's ever been there. Yeah, and it's like the crux of the like yeah. energy flow or That's whatever. what that big temple is, right? Yeah. Which looks like bones from a giant creature that we... I don't we, know what it's supposed to be. You know what it reminds me of? How, how deep into X-Men did you ever get? Uh, not as deep as you. Well, like, so are you familiar with the Brood? No. Which, so the Brood are... Go on, I'm sure this will be fascinating now that I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) No, do it. The Brood are... It's boring, we'll cut it out. The Brood are like, X-Men's answer like aliens, right? So they're like a parasitic alien race uh, that's also sentient and telepathic. And they fly around in giant um, space whales that they've kidnapped and brainwashed. Right on. And then, like, in their home planet, the giant, like, rib cages of these whales are used to, like, build their cities. Oh, that's cool. So I thought that was very, that's similar to what you saw in this. Because I think Cameron just borrowed from everything. What, uh, what else? Oh, uh, Pitch Black, right? The, the bones that are, like, they think are trees. Yeah, it's bones, yeah. It's bones, yeah. And... Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. That's right. Again, so yeah, just like just having like this giant 
primordial bones from a creature that's just long extinct that you don't even know what it was being the basis for your temple. I just thought that was very cool. Right. So, okay, so they go to this Tree of Souls, which I think Neytiri explains that, like, has all the memories of, like, their ancestors and stuff. Yeah. And uh, where, where prayers are asked and... Really, you're just getting really high when you jack into it. Yeah, yes. Actually, just a psychedelic. No, but it is really cool. And this is kind of like... Because, like, it sounds like some kind of, you know, old, like you know, archaic, like, spiritual bullshit, but because of what we're learning about the science of the planet, it is actually real. Like, their their uh, chemistry, like, brain uh, their DNA. pathways and whatever can communicate and exchange electrical information with the roots of trees and stuff the way that... You know, can inside of a of a brain. I guess. Well, right. You know, because if your body, if you if your if your body returns to the soil and like its DNA and whatever gets integrated back into this network, yeah, it's going to be like it's it's exactly it's the, it's the plot of Final Fantasy VII. It is. Uh, it really is. But it's a. Uh, the life stream. It's the life the stream. The life stream, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like in a real like they do a little bit of work. They to do science. They, they make it. They, they science make, it up. They make it like you know plausible in science fiction terms, which is awesome, right? Yes. Like I appreciate it. Which immensely. I, yeah, I yeah. appreciate. That's what I'm saying. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, so then we go back to the lab. Uh, Grace is. Uh, I wrote. I don't know what she says, but I wrote Grace is real wet for that tree. Oh, yeah, oh, because she, she can't go there. They've never been there before. No no outsider has ever been invited to that tree. Only to Home Tree, which I thought was the coolest, most important Navi tree, but apparently not. Yeah. Um, uh, real so quick, does he go to the Colonel yet, or is that right now? That's just after this. Okay. So this time him popping back into his human body, he had a little VO while he's in his tube, which I think is actually him doing a vlog. Like, uh, But he, this is where he actually calls you know, it Chris, out. VO and vlog, these just sound like terms that dumb people use to sound smart. <laughs> Well, that's very pedantic of you. <laughs> Shallow and pedantic. Uh, I'm very meticulous and loquacious like that. You're very cromulent? Yeah, it's a perfectly cromulent word, David. Uh, uh, so he, this is where he calls it out, what's going on in his mind. He's, getting, he's, he's wasting away. Yeah, well, he says, uh, uh, everything is backwards now. Like, what's out there is the real world, and in here is the dream. So he's sort of experiencing like the Fight Club effect, but there's no Tyler Durden. It's a blue Navi. Exactly. That's pretty That's cool. Exactly what I'm saying. I like taking things back to Fight Club. Of course, yeah. everything ties back to Fight Club. Uh, yeah. So he's he's in now, right? He's he wants yeah. to be a Navi. He's fully on their side. He has lost, grown a distaste for the human world, and. Uh, well, is this where he, is this where he him and Natiri hook up yet, or is that in a bit? That's a little later. Okay. So now so. he has a chat with the Colonel that you right. mentioned. Uh, so Colonel, he's like sitting in the, the the cafeteria late at night. And the Colonel yeah. rolls up on him, sits backwards in a chair like AC Slater, and uh, I think the first thing the Colonel says is, uh, "Haven't got lost in the woods, have you?" Right? And yeah. uh, oh, his idioms. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> Every line he has is fucking great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he basically is like, "Hey, like you, you did a great job. We got usable intel. Your mission's done. I even got your legs back. Like, have you out on a plane to a uh, dropship tonight or whatever?" And Jake's not ready to go. This no. is where he says, "He's like, let me finish this, right?" Like, yeah, they're, I, just, they're just about to make me one of them. Yeah, well, one more thing. It's a ceremony. It makes me official member of the tribe. It's like the last step in becoming a man. And his kind of uh, way to excuse letting him do that is that he says, uh, "Then I can negotiate the terms of their relocation." Right, and Colonel's not stoked on this because obviously, as we realize, he he just wants a fight. Just wants just wants to fucking fight, yeah. man. But he says, "All right, well, you better get it done." Uh, and then uh, he gets back. He goes back into Avatar Jake. Yeah. And it's the ceremony. Yeah. So um, he 
goes through the ceremony. They make him one of their tribe now. Like they yep. call it out. The whole thing. Right. Uh, then he goes on a midnight run with Neytiri through the bioluminescent forest. And they bang. Yeah. They go to this. Uh, okay. So they go to this thing called the Tree of Voices. Uh, right. She says. So this is more. So this is this isn't the same tree. This is the one where you can hear the ancestors. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. This the, is like the, the other tree is like the nerve center of right. all the. This is the. Force. This is where you jack into like you know she, to, to the matrix or whatever. She, to the, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. She says it's where prayers go to be heard and sometimes answered, which is how all prayers work. Sure. Uh, but uh, and spoiler alert. Uh, her prayer is to fuck this tiny monkey man wearing an alien suit. Yeah. Uh, and that happens. She, uh, she, she gets it. Jake's was uh, just let me get some tags. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So they have a nice little PG thirteen uh, roll romp at the mosque there. So I want to point out here, but don't say that for what we learned. Well, no, that, there's more to that. Okay. Uh, but there is a deleted scene here. Oh, I thought you were gonna say this for. Um, there's other. Okay, fine. Then, then spill it. Don't relax. You gotta relax, guy. Okay. Uh, so there was a deleted scene here, taken out late in the game, where the two of them to fuck. They link their uh, head tentacles. See, I thought that that happened. Did I just imagine it? I also thought that too, and I was like waiting for it to come up. So what do they jam tentacles? You know? Yeah, exactly. Well, it happens here. We just don't get to see it. Oh. And apparently, the reason they didn't want it in there is because he also jacks into like horses and stuff. So uh, they didn't want us to realize that Jake definitely fucked that horse earlier. I, I thought he was inside of that horse. I thought it was clear. Yeah. You know? Oh, man, Hollywood. I just I'll never understand it. When will Hollywood get on board with bestiality? <laughs> Interspecies erotica, Chris. Sorry, yes. You know? You're right. Let's let's not use the offensive term. No, but... Yeah, that's their word. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, they 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 also. I think she says like this is meaningful. Like they're bonded now. Yeah, now they're bonded. So you it's know. a cute conversation too, where she's like, "You're a man now. You can choose any girl you want." And he's like, "She, she also makes a little face when she says that too. Yeah, like, a little she, coy face." She goes like, "Such and such is the best singer," and he's like, "Well, I don't want her. It's so and so is the best warrior. Well, I don't want her either." Her? Yeah. Ew. <laughs> the nerd. <laughs> the dork, but she wears glasses. <laughs> That's ponytail. Uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, they're 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 bonded for life now, which is she shouldn't have done that. She's not supposed to do that. She's uh, betrothed to yeah. Sute. Poor Sute. Yeah. Uh, so they got a rude awakening in the morning. Yeah. So it's the next morning. Uh, Jake's really tired from alien sex or from waking up at his avatar. Who knows? Uh, and uh, the colonel uh, greets him here, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, no, not the colonel. It's the uh, bulldozers come in. So they're oh, sorry. Are, yeah. yeah, they wake yeah. up in the forest and bulldozers, yeah, bulldozers are pushing down huge trees. bulldozers. So he finally tries to get them to stop, and he's like waving at them. And we cut back to Rabisi, and he's just like, "Yeah, we got a, uh, we got a. What does he say? Like we got a native like trying to talk to us or something? Do, doing a rain dance. They're doing a rain dance. And he goes, ah, this is what he calls them blue monkeys, I believe. Yeah, I think that is where he calls Ooh. them blue monkeys. Uh, yeah. But he just says, see, see, move forward. There you go. Not dancing anymore. You know, yeah. and then we see, uh, we see Jake jump up on the, um, bulldozer and start smashing the camera. Yeah. And they realize it's him. Yeah. There's a scene. Is it right here or right around here? But, uh, you get the colonel, like, pull that up. Yeah. Enhance. <laughs> Enhance. And he realizes it's yeah. Jake. Son of a bitch. You bastard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so... To no one's surprise, Jake was a double, triple agent. Yeah, Jake and Sute go back to uh, the tree here, and uh, Jake's trying to... Yeah, sorry, Jake and Tiri go back to the tree, and he's kind of trying to 
warn everyone, like dissuade them from fighting. Like Sute's all amped up to form a war party or whatever. Uh, and Jake says he wants to talk to the Sky people. But uh, before that happens, the uh, Colonel and uh, the uh, that's where this happens, right? The Colonel yeah. rips like you see you see Jake's avatar just collapse in the and tree. Grace as well and Grace as well, and then they wake up in the lab and it's the Colonel like pulling the plug on the tanks. Yeah, and so. uh, he fucking promptly punches Jake right in the face. Sure does. Uh, so they, uh, Norm, Grace, and Jake all end up in the brig. I forgot. Also, when when the colonel's ripping them out of the pods, uh, Grace objects, and the colonel says, "Shut your pie hole." Yeah, everything the colonel says is hilarious. Exactly. And the whole the fact that he says jujubes <laughs> yeah. to me. I, mean, I was not expecting that. You can't get those fucking things out of your teeth when you eat them, man. Yeah. They're the worst. You know, you've had jujubes of before. Course. Yeah, you're American. I'm a sucker for a gummy candy. Yeah, even, but... Even the ones you can't get out of your teeth. Yeah, no, I would eat them when they were giving... Like, they were a big thing in the U.S., right? What's your favorite gummy candy? Gummy candy? I like the uh, fuzzy peaches, I think. Yeah, I like a fuzzy peach. Yeah, I like a fuzzy peach. I'm a big fan of uh, Mike and Ike. Yeah, I had regular Mike and Ike the other day, and they were fantastic, and then I tried the sour ones. Crap. Yeah, not so good. And that's why they didn't win the confection wars. That's right. That's why jujubes made it out. Consistency. Okay, so I'm going to move through some some stuff here pretty quick. Okay. So uh, there's a debate in the command center. Uh, Grace explain tries to explain to the fucking suits and everybody that the planet is like alive in a network, and if you cut down the tree, you're gonna kill like the rest of the planet. Part Nobody believes her. Parker's not buying it. It's like, what have you been smoking? Something like that. Yeah. What have you guys been smoking up there? Yeah, and the colonel puts the nail in the coffin of that conversation by playing Jake's vlog where he says like they're not going to negotiate we have nothing they want they'll they'll die for this place they're not going to leave for under any circumstances right which is true and then that gets uh, Parker to agree to them going and taking out the tree right now uh He's. I think the colonel's like, well, I'll try to do it as humane as possible. Minimal native casualties. Yeah, yeah. we'll go with the gas first or whatever. Uh, then colonel leaves to do that. Jake um, and Grace convince the uh, convince Parker to like, you know, you know, you don't want that blood on your hands, like killing all these natives, whatever. Give me at least one hour. Maybe I can get them out of there. You know, get them to evacuate. Yeah, you don't want to end up like the CEO of BP. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he suffered so greatly for. <laughs> few weeks the harshest environmental crime of the last whatever uh so uh yeah jake's really just like for an excuse i think to get back in his avatar but uh uh, he goes to the council of like the tribe he 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 admits so you're you're saying that jake just wants to get in his avatar he doesn't care about nateria and the uh and the rest of the no i'm saying he doesn't care about he doesn't he's maybe not even gonna try to evacuate them he just wants to fuck i guess he does but no, I know. He just wants to be back in Avatar Land as fast as possible. And so do I, Chris. <laughs> we all do. <laughs> so do I. We uh, can't always have what we can, what we want. Yeah. So he he Jake does that. He goes to talk to everybody in the tribe. He admits that like right. he was a spy kind of, but that he's like. So here's what they, I they've changed him. Here's what I don't get. This is one of the one of the few narrative flaws of this movie. Jake never had to admit that he was a spy all along. All Jake had to say was, "I just found out." That regardless of what I have done here with you, they're going to attack Home Tree anyway. I think that the justification there is that... Well, he's trying to get the honesty out of the way now, so if Nateri finds out later, she won't get mad at him. I get it. (laughs) You know? But it was the wrong play. He could have lied forever. I was going to say that he feels himself truly a member of, like, the clan now, and it's not a trait of them to be... Like, he wants to be completely honest, you know? 
I just think, you know, he could have avoided that. And uh, the tactful move would have been just the way maybe bring it up later. Right. <laughs> By the way. But it doesn't matter because they decide not to leave. And, and the uh, mining crew and the military come in to take out the tree, the big tree. Yeah, we haven't really talked too much about Home Tree. Home Tree is a spectacular, we call it the Deku tree sort of facetiously, but it is a spectacular, massive tree. That they all live that in. They all live, well, that, that these Navi live in, because right. there's other Navi, right, on right. Pandora, but these Navi live here. This is their home, Home Tree. Yeah. Um, and it's their everything and and it's also connected to the network it's yeah. not just a tree no like, but this whole scene is like really upsetting yeah like really upsetting like yeah. it, quite quite possibly I have, a, I have a buddy when we were seeing it in theaters who had to leave because like I said we all done a bit of mushrooms he had to leave the theater and go stand in the lobby feel a little emotional yeah because it's too much for him it was too like he couldn't believe it I it get it just, yeah so it's a really awful scene they all stand they all like they all they well basically what they do is they string up uh, Grace and Jake and their avatars yes and they um, stand their ground. Yeah. And they don't, and they think the army is bluffing. Like, to this point, the military or the government or whatever you want to call them, the company has not done anything like genocidal. They've, they've, right. they've encroached, they've mined, they've ruined, but they haven't done anything like an act of war yet. Right. This is an act of war. This is like, we're just taking, we're just going to, we're just going to attack you brutally and viciously so that we may take what is yours. Yeah. And they don't think they're going to do it. They think they're bluffing. And there were, you know, proud warriors. So yeah. Sute leads the charge like they're going to fight them back. When the, when the, all the jets get there, like the helicopters get there, you see them, I love it at first, you see the Navi like throwing all their spears and arrows and they're just like dinking off the windshields yeah. and stuff. So they shoot the gas first. I hate the colonel with his cup of coffee and like, yeah, oh, yeah. such a piece yeah, of shit. he's right there in the action, right? Oh, and behold my dinner time. Yeah, yeah, great work, boys. Uh, first round's on first me. First round's on me. Uh, so they do the gas first. They, that doesn't make them leave. So then they start firing rockets at the roots of the tree, the columns that are, like, holding it up. Oh. And, uh, yeah. It's devastating. It, that's, it, it happens, man. The tree goes down in a very epic... Uh, action moment here. yeah like it's fucking we should mention thousand, Trudy like, Trudy won't do it she goes I didn't sign up for this yeah Trudy's in the in the helicopter or brigade or whatever and she pulls off right she's yeah. like I didn't sign up for this shit and uh, they do it the tree comes down everybody gets scattered and getting crushed by this like it's Matt it's like a thousand feet tall and like a hundred feet yeah. wide yeah. or something and we lose uh, West Studi yeah, yeah, the chief uh, gets crushed by the tree yeah. in all this. She gives, uh, he gives his daughter his bow, his war bow. Yeah. Which is uh, a touching scene. Jake frees and Grace free themselves, and Jake catches up with Natiri here yeah. while she's mourning over her father's body, and she's not having it still. She's still, like, furious. No, I him. thought that, what's her, no, the, the mother uh, frees them. She frees them. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Uh, CCH Pounder frees yeah. them. Moat. Yeah, Moat. Yeah, um, so, yeah, then uh, we cut to all the scientists and Grace and Jake in a cell. Right, they're in the brick now. Yeah, they've been unplugged. Oh yeah, they get, there's a moment there where they get unplugged from their avatars. Yeah, pretty aggressively. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they're in a cell. Uh, and then uh, Trudy... Hell in a cell, baby. Hell, it's hell in the cell. And uh, Mankind will be there any minute. The Undertaker shows up. <laughs> Mankind's there and Kane, you know. Yeah, Kane. Turns out that Kane, Kane and the Undertaker are half-brothers, but they didn't know. Paul Bearer just reveals it to everybody. Yeah. You know, wait, shit. This is Avatar. Spoiler alert Oof. for Hell in the Cell 99. 99, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> Fucked up. Uh, yeah, so Trudy rolls up to the cell pretending to be bringing some food or something and yeah. she 
tactfully busts them out. It's kind of cool. Yeah, it's really cool. So so they're gonna go board a copter and go get the uh, the mobile trailer and uh, go try to. Go, go try and rescue the Navi go, now. Go rogue and... Yeah. Yeah. So this is actually one of my favorite parts of the movie coming up here. I like this too. Uh, so uh, they're in the war room like that overlooks the hangar and... The colonel is... Well, the colonel's there and they notice that um, some of the... Uh, some people are sneaking... In, the brig has been opened and then people are sneaking into a ship. Yeah, they have an unauthorized takeoff or something. Yeah, and the colonel just fucking grabs an assault rifle like the fucking Halo special. Yeah. Opens the door. He goes, exposes. He just yells, "Masks on!" Yeah. and kicks this door open. Yeah, exposes everyone in the in the room to the toxic air. We actually should. Have, we didn't even go get into the air, but uh, into the toxic air of Pandora. Holds his breath, and as he's leaving, just call, like contrast just unloads his fucking magazine on the ship as there as the escapees are making their way onto it. Once he's out of his assault rifle, he tosses that aside, whips out his sidearm, and starts blasting it. At this point, one of his uh, subordinates runs out and puts a mask on his face, and he gives him this, like, appreciative nod, you know? Yeah, he was just holding his breath that whole Yeah, time. and, you know, we think our heroes get away scot-free, mm. but... Grace got hit in the Real action. bad in the gut, right? Yeah, she's uh, Real bad. So. I like how she says, uh... Oh, this is going to ruin my whole day. Yeah. Fuck, she's so good in this she's movie. She's so good. So just real quick, we forgot to mention. So although Pandora has a similar atmosphere to Earth, um, it's still toxic to humans. It will pass out in 20 seconds and die in four minutes if we are exposed to it. Yeah. So anytime they're outside of the facility. It's too high in um, uh, nitrogen or something like that. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They have to wear like an uh, oxygen mask yeah. anytime they're outside of the facility. Just like picture the mask they're wearing in... Um, uh, the Empire Strikes Back when they're in the giant asteroid creature. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway. And they're getting the Minox off the Minox. Minox. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, I love Minox. Um, uh, so, yeah, basically they they go rogue. Uh, Trudy flies them out to the mobile um, trailer, like, uh, avatar unit. Mobile command unit. The mobile command unit. Uh, and they pick, it, they pick it up, and they fly it to, like, some... Location, other closer. remote location. Yeah, so they hide it somewhere. Yeah, uh, let's hide it down in the jungle. Yeah, yeah. and uh, Jake goes in. Uh, he sees the devastation. He wakes up in the, like the wake of the tree collapse. It's like ash everywhere and shit. Uh, his dragon uh, pops in, finds him, and picks him up. And uh, this is where Jake has decided what his plan is. Some good yeah. dialogue uh, lines here. He Do says, uh, "Yeah, he goes." Nice. Uh, sometimes life boils down to one insane move, right? And uh, he's like, I, got, I know what I'm going to do, and it's completely insane or whatever. Yeah, so basically what he's going to do is he's going to capture that fucking dragon. Yeah, I think it's called Taruk. Taruk. The, the Last Shadow. Far- Farouk? Yeah, Farouk. Hell, hell in the Cell, right? <laughs> uh, You're wasting all of our good wrestling content sorry. for our wrestling podcasts. Uh, but yeah, he... Um, Basically decides he's going to capture this guy. It's going to be the sixth uh, Navi uh, in recorded history to fly a super shark. Uh, a super sky shark. <laughs> a super sky shark. And, yeah, so he postulates uh, that this this predator is an apex predator, so it's so used to being the hunter because the way that Pandora has evolved. Uh, it hasn't been hunted before, so he yeah. tricks it, and he's the hunter this time. I, like how he, I think he says, like, uh, so why, why would you ever look up, right? If you're the, if you're okay. the king, why would you ever look up, look up? So here's my question about the implications of this. So before we get into the whole, you know, he flies the giant red dragon thing, they talk about how your banshee bonds to you for life, mm-hmm. right? So he... 
bonds to this little regular looking banshee and then he breaks that bond to, to hook up with the he, he says out loud when the first one when his, his already bonded dragon picks him up he's like I got a plan but you're not gonna like it <laughs> to the dragon oh so yeah. does he does that dragon like is that dragon gonna be traumatized and like yeah, presum- ruined presumably yeah. Jesus Christ <laughs> so he's still a white boy deep down after all huh <laughs> <laughs> You just as, it's, and when you're, he you try to be not evil, you're even more evil. <laughs> he traded up. He traded up for sure. Anyway, yeah, so he does uh, success. We don't see it, but he does successfully capture the giant uh, red banshee yeah. and flies it down it, to... He, he rolls into the tribe. They're all at the spirit tree now. And they're all, like, awestruck by this, right? Yes. Even though they hate him, they're also like, whoa, this guy's still legit because yeah. he did this. Yeah, he, mean, he means is what he's saying, yeah. right? He, he's, you know, forsaken his... his people to fight with us yeah. right he gets Sute on board so that's pretty much a yeah that's a big there. one yeah um, and then uh, unfortunately af- unfortunately so the next thing that happens he, pu- he tells everyone that Grace is hurt and the, I think Moat dis- decides to attempt uh, bringing her human body and her avatar body to the the soul tree. I love how confident James Cameron is with his sci-fi and his audience that there's no explanation needed. You're like, yeah, yeah, of course, because if you put one down, it'll just transfer into the other one. And right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah. So yeah, sure. The concept is they're going to transfer her consciousness into the avatar. But, there's like, but you just get it. You just accept it. Yeah. Right? You're just like, yeah, yeah of course, right. Like That's they, what I would do. And right. I feel like they laid the groundwork enough. They did, yeah. To buy that. Right? Uh, but it's not successful. It's too late. Um, her wounds were too. Great. Although you do see Grace going into uh, Pandora Heaven, at pa- the, passes through the Eye of Awa. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. So her consciousness and her memories will exist forever on Pandora, which is kind of sweet. Yeah, um, and, that's, um, and I kind of feel like we'll see her in like weird dream sequences in the sequel. Right, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah when he said she was in it, I was like, well, that would have to yeah. be how they would do it. Um, so everybody's heartbroken over that. Jake's gives his big motiv- motivational speech uh, through Sute translating, basically. We gotta fight, get all the tribes, yeah. go reach out to all the other Navi tribes around the world and get them to join the fight. Uh, we kind of get a cool montage of them going and doing that. Yeah, it's some cool world building that just leaves you like, because what as awesome as this movie is, it's really isolated to three locations, right? Either a lab, the Sky Mountains, or the, the ground jungle, right? Yeah. So you you know it's been it's beautiful and it's amazing, but like you you only get this tiny little. Right. splinter of this bigger it, like it was world. up until then it's suffering from like Star Trek syndrome where you're like you go to this planet and it's just like 500 people in one village represents like the will of the whole planet <laughs> but yeah it's good good world building yeah cool so shots. Jake goes and gives his uh, speeches through a translator at other places and they still accept it for some reason <laughs> yeah uh, then we go to the like why doesn't he speak Navi uh... <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he got Sute to do a lot of the work he did there. yeah uh, then we cut briefly to the colonel giving his briefing, uh, where he explains like there's already two thousand plus Navi gathered together, and there could be more. So the only uh, solution for our safety is a preemptive attack. Well, at attack. this point, right, which is super analogous to Bush America, there. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, like, he, he says we're gonna fight terror with terror. Yeah. So like, if if aliens is Vietnam, a lot of Avatar is analogous to the war on terror that was still very much a thing in 2009 yeah right and would have been even more of a thing while he was making this movie except instead of unobtainium it's opium poppies and oil fields yeah kind of well not so much in Afghanistan it's mostly opium poppies yeah yeah yeah. uh (laughs) anyway uh yeah so their their plan is preemptive strike they're gonna go destroy the spirit tree yeah that's still standing um 
So then Jake... Oh, Jake warns the tree. There's a moment here where he, like, bonds with the tree. Yeah, he asks for help. He prays. He essentially prays for... He sticks his... uh, He he janks himself in, and he uh, essentially prays to Ewa for... He says, uh, Earth sucks, and now they're going to make Pandora suck, too. He said there's... I I actually love this line. Uh, We actually... We never really mentioned Ewa as, like, the name of their Earth mother, right? Gaia. Right. Right? But um, Jake says, there is no green on my planet. We killed our mother. Yeah. And I really like that line, and it's very poignant. I never know... This is the first time I've noticed that line. And fully kind of proving his, like, understanding of... Well, and his transformation. His transformation, Right. Yes. It's, it's a very good scene. Uh, Sam Worthington, quite good in this movie, all things considered. I agree. You know? yeah. yeah. So this is the the climax beginning yeah. right here. The military launches their assault on the spirit tree. Uh, oh, they noted the colonel's call sign is Papa Dragon. <laughs> yeah, I love that. My call sign is Papa Dragon. <laughs> uh, so they yeah they get there to the tree troops on the ground so mech, all, mech suits they've also already mentioned that they want to lure the um, troops into the flux vortex because they won't be able to use guided missiles they'll have to do everything manually great yeah so they're getting some like intel and, and knowledge from, from Jake to help the battle here uh, so the, this is a big battle. This is where it says where Navi are all fighting the humans and the military, right? So I'm going to rip through a few kind of action well, moments. Real quick before you do that, yep. basically the battle takes place in two fronts. So you got the air battle with the the like the brigade, the like ship brigade and the banshees, and then you have the the ground battle. Yes. So you have like the horse riding yeah. Navi and the mech suits and the soldiers and the infantry. Yeah. Yeah. So a few a few moments. So one big one is uh, Norm is riding a, a, a horse uh, creature in a yep. battle. So he's yep. fighting alongside him. He's loving it. And yeah, Norm's, got, Norm's got, his, uh, he's got his fighting face on. Yeah, you got, uh, you got the, some of the dragon troops attacking the helicopters. There's a good shot where one of them, the dragons grabs the helicopter with its feet and throws yeah. it into a cliff. Yeah, they get thrown into the rocks. Yeah. Uh, we got uh, a couple of shots of the big six-foot arrows they use going through cockpits. Oh, so and good. Yeah. Spearing dudes. Right through the cockpits and into guys. It's yeah. so good. We very, also, very gruesome. We also have a lot uh, Trudy is in full war paint, has uh, engaged the colonel in combat and distracted him and taken him out of the fight yep. while he's going after her. So one of the two dreadnoughts is uh, out of action while that's going on. Yeah. Uh, we got, like, missiles hitting dragons. It's pretty brutal. Like, at this point, it's very reminiscent of the Battle of Endor, where at first it's kind of fun-loving and hopping along, and then eventually you're like, oh, wait, the Ewoks are getting brutally slaughtered. <laughs> it's very much like that, yeah. That's sort of what's happening here. Uh, Sute has a particularly spectacular death scene, which has also kind of bummed me out because it was so abrupt. Yeah. But he lands in the... So basically, the other dreadnought has the bombs that they're going to drop on the... It's like a bomber. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he, he fucking flies his banshee, jumps off, and it, takes out like eight guys in before... The, into the like loading bay. Yeah. It's great, man. He's like he's stabbing guys right through. Just cra- like he smokes one in the head with his bow and like shatters the guy's helmet. Yeah, and then he grabs another one by like the neck, like tosses thro- him off, throws him off. Yeah, yeah. But then he gets shot with like a machine gun. Yeah, point blank several times. Yeah, pretty brutal. So that's the end of him. He's out. Uh, uh, the uh, Norm eats it too. At one but he, point. he just gets he gets taken out, but he he jumps out of his uh, body. Yeah, he wakes up in the avatar. Yeah, pod. so I guess it's much like the Matrix where. The damage you take in your avatar body is so mentally real that it can physically harm you in the real world. Yeah, he's having like a cardiac episode when he comes out. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Uh, and then um, Trudy goes down. That's pretty rough, rough because it's sort of delayed. Because for a second you think she's gonna make it. Yeah. And then she just gets busted explodes, down. Explodes. Yeah. Right? Uh, and also Natiri's dragon goes down at some point here. That's rough. Yeah. So she's now on foot. Her dragon is dead. Shit's going south now. There's a great shot of like a slow motion horse on fire, like running down. The, yeah, it's like mane is on fire yeah. or some shit. 
That's a tough one. Uh, There's some flamethrower is in here too. It's pretty cool. Uh, the mechs all have these uh, giant guns. Like yeah. that would be too big for a person to fire. Yeah. Like a fucking six foot long gun. And the colonel's mech has got a giant Bowie knife. Yeah, it's like it looks like a Rambo knife, but it because it's for the mech, it's like three feet long. It's fucking rad. So, uh, I think now we're at that moment where everything's going bad. The music has turned real dark. Yeah. There's like a montage of Navi getting brutalized, and then we have... Well, Neytiri's stuck under her dragon or something. And then we have the Deus Ex Machina. Yeah. So, she's about to get overrun by, like, mechs and shit, and the, uh, it turns out, the forest heard Jake's please. Awa to the rescue. These hammerhead rhino things come in and start smashing mechs. The panther creatures uh, come in and start tearing dudes up. And uh, Natiri. One, one bends down to Natiri. Yeah, yeah, to help her. Like, like yeah. yeah, it like submits to her. So she bonds with it. Now she's riding this fucking panther as her. It's pretty her dope. Mount. It's really cool. I'd like to have that toy. Yeah, yeah. Like Natiri riding a panther. That would be a cool toy to have. I'm into it. I bet Seth MacFarlane makes them toys. Uh, yeah. Oh, that'd be a good Seth MacFarlane toy for yeah. sure. Um, we cut to Jake here, and he's going. He's still on his dragon, his the big one, and he's trying to take out like the bomber and the command ship. So he goes to one of them, and he lands on it, rips some grenades off himself, yeah. throws the pins out, and chucks them in like the exhaust port. It's pretty dope. It's and so cool. Gets back on his dragon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gets back on it. And then he goes to do it to the colonel's uh, the colonel ship. dreadnought, and this time it's not quite as easy. Uh, he gets staggered a bit, uh, but he still ends up winging the ship pretty bad. It like blows the cockpit Yeah, up. and it misses its target. It's not going to blow up the tree anymore, and it crashes adjacent. But the colonel, before the ship crashes, in this awesome one-shot, fucking dives into his his uh, mech and jumps out of the uh, dr- uh, dreadnought before it crashes. Yeah, it lands right behind him it's too. So cool. It's really cool. Also, the w- thing it took the dreadnought down was Jake pulled a missile off. Oh, the, that's right. Yeah, the, yeah. the wing of the ship and threw it into the engines. That's right. I forgot about that because he winged it first, though. Yeah, yeah. First with the grenades and yeah. then the uh, then the the missile. Uh, so yeah, uh, it's a uh, fucking showdown time. So the colonel is headed for. The mobile uh, trailer with the yeah. avatar pods, and he's going to take Jake. The out. mobile command unit. Let's mo- call it what it is. Sorry, right? the mobile command unit. He's going to take out Jake in his pod. And put yeah. A, put so a he stop starts. He ship. starts uh, relentlessly heading towards that. Uh, Jake is trying to stop him from getting there. They both have their knives out and they're going at it. Yeah. Yeah. This is cool. So Jake fights. Like his, I think his dragon gets taken out too, and uh, he has a one-on-one fist fight with the fucking. He takes out his gun pretty early on, so it's just mech suit and knife versus Jake and like a spear or some yeah. shit. And they fight. Oh, he's got his own knife, which is like a Navi-sized Bowie knife, but right, the one, he, the one that he carries on his neck. Yeah, not right? the one, but not as big as the Colonel's insanely large knife, which yeah. is crazy. They have a really good fight. Oh, Jake picks up the bayonet off of that's right, uh, the yeah. Colonel's gun, big mech gun, and at one point he jabs it through the cockpit and like pierces him in the you shoulder. You know what it me of is that old Lancer that you can get in Gears of War where instead of the chainsaw you would rush with like the bandana on it. a big ass knife on the yeah. front. Yeah. Uh, I think at one point the colonel manages to get into the trailer enough to like damage the pod but not knock Jake out of it. So Jake inside his avatar pod is like struggling like uh, Navi or uh, uh, Pandora Air is leaking in. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So he's, uh, he's getting fucked up. Yeah. Uh, at the same time uh, I think actually yeah, what he did was he jammed his bayonet into the colonel but yeah. he, the colonel held his breath and fucking tossed him aside right but the, the colonel gets the better of Jake and holds him up by his yeah. ponytail but 
Neytiri has managed to free herself. Well, she Boromir's him real good, And man. she launches two of those big-ass oh. navy arrows right through Not the since Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring, when Boromir gets fucking taken out with those yeah. arrows, and I feel arrows, like, wedging into something, like, yeah. more than this. No fucking, Oof. like... You know they don't they don't sugarcoat that at all. No. They go right through his right ass. one right, first right through the uh, his uh, shoulder and then one right through his heart. Yeah, like the middle of his chest. Oh, done. Yeah, it's gruesome. And he he goes down. Colonel's done, baby. Yeah, that's it for Quaritch. Uh, and then yeah, Natiri uh, goes to save uh, Jake's avatar, like his his real body. Right. Yeah. Jake's Jake's climbed himself out. He's out of his avatar now. He, can't, he doesn't reach his mask. He can't reach his mask. Yeah. Natiri in the Navi busts in and finds a little tiny human Jake. Yeah. And she like picks him, puts the mask on him, picks him up. I love it too because it's like. This is her first time seeing that and the reality of him being human. But she doesn't care because she loves him, right? Yeah, she goes, my Jake. My Jake. Yeah, yeah she loves him. It's really cute. Uh, yeah, and uh, that's the end of the battle. The Navi fucking won. Uh, we get well, shots of, like... Pandora won. Pandora won, yeah. yeah. And we see, like, shots of the, the Navi, like, overseeing the troops leaving the planet. For now. For now. Yeah, that, <laughs> for, un- that unobtainium for now. is just too unobtainable for them to stay away forever. Yeah. Uh, and then Jake gives his last vlog. He's like, so I guess I better go. I don't want to be late to my own uh, birthday party. And, uh, yeah, the end of the movie is uh, they do the same thing they try to do with Grace. But this time it works because he's still alive enough, I guess. Yeah, so they, Jake is now permanently, his mind is transferred into his avatar. He's a Navi. And they just tossed his human body in the trash. Yeah. <laughs> just gave it to some native, just gave it to some local fauna. Yeah, leg, legs sticking out. Enjoy. The legs aren't going to be very good. <laughs> the legs might be a little bit jelly-like. <laughs> and that is Avatar. Yeah, another win for James Cameron you know the guy proved like he hadn't made a a proper sci-fi movie since 1991 when he made this movie and he proved that he had not lost a step yeah man if anything he had gained several steps and I mean arguable now but I I used to say like he might not have the biggest catalog of great directors but show me a misstep pretty consistent yeah he he only makes bangers the only one that I think would be considered maybe a a flawed masterpiece would be The Abyss but I think the the director's cut of that movie really fixed the issues with it and to be fair it was never like an A plus movie but it hasn't gotten worse over time no it's still good no no and this movie is this movie was always meant to be an A plus movie and it succeeds in that and more you know like I it's very interesting that he was up against his ex-wife for best picture this year against the Hurt Locker and he lost both Oscars to her and was happy about it. Oh yeah, that's dope. You know? He was so stoked the about Hurt it. The Hurt Locker's so good. It is good, right? I mean, if it was if it was going to be somebody who unseated him, it was his ex-wife who he taught everything she knew about action. That's crazy, right? man. I'm assuming. I don't know. <laughs> her being a woman, I don't think it was built in to her DNA, you know? <laughs> oh. <laughs> anyway. Alright, what do you rate? Uh, uh, Avatar, I give, Airbender. I give Avatar five ten foot arrows out of five. Ooh, uh, I'm gonna give it five forest moons out of five. I'm gonna give it ten thousand kilos of unobtainium. I also wrote down twenty to the twenty to the power of ten trees connected by a root network. Because <laughs> that gets mentioned earlier. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, no, I loved it. I think you liked it too. Um, I did. We're gonna take a. Uh, Real short break and be back with RTSBS. Grace? Well, who'd you expect, numbnuts? 
All right, everybody, we are back with RTSBS, the segment where we each read our favorite, quote-unquote, user review from the terrible review website RottenTomatoes.com. It's truly terrible. Yeah. This movie has a not a bad score. 80, Pretty high. 84%. High. Well, for both. It's got a consistent audience and critic score of yeah. over 80%, which is pretty rare. Still not sure I agree with it, and whether I do or not, the reviews are bad <laughs> and stupid. So, All right. uh, what do you got, big I'll guy? start. Okay. This is, uh, so this is a real recent one. This is from December 3rd of 2020. Wow, okay. Yeah, so not that long ago by Stefan N. <laughs> Not only do I find the oversimplified good versus evil narrative to be cheap and opportunistic, I think it becomes even a little bit dangerous when we project that onto humans. The not-so-subtle metaphor of this movie is that the pseudo-indigenous people are good and love nature, and the white people are bad and greedy and hate nature. If we want to move forward creating a world of peaceful and harmonic coexistence, this movie plays itself... This movie plays itself as an ally, but is actually part of the problem. All lives matter, Chris. Oh, God. Like, first of all, God, it miss, fully missed the point of it being in a future reality that is not necessarily our own. Like, it's not... Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Uh. Look, man. There's good people on both sides, okay? And this is one thing that you have to remember whenever we get into these uh, situations. Remember, there's great people on both sides. Yeah, so. that's, that's his message for sure. Exactly. Thanks, Stefan. Thanks, Stefan. You're you're a real winner. <laughs> All right, I, I got one. So this is from Daniel S., uh, Daniel Steele's brother. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh. Finally getting his moment in the sign on the handsome boys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no one takes it serious as a writer, so he took to Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, September 27th, 2020, so also pretty recently. Uh, Daniel gave it a half a star. Daniel writes, If I thought it was clever, I wad enjoy, but this is nothing to me. There you go. Nothing to him. Yeah. Okay. I got another one here. Okay. JDL, July 21st, 2020. Wow, so many recent ones. <laughs> I think Avatar was an amazing show with great world building and huh, what it means the movie. Oh well, I think that M. Wright was smoking when the when the, what, the one with the blue people. Oh, uh, oh, screw dis. One star. <laughs> <laughs> That's verbatim. <laughs> That's good stuff. Your turn. Uh, I you think I'm out. No, I'm good. That's it. All right. Okay. Well, that's our TSBS. Uh, we'll be back with what we learned. Bye. Latiri calls me scoundrel. It means moron. All right, we are back with what we learned, and I know Chris learned a bunch of shit. No, I didn't. Uh, so what oh. I what I <laughs> stop. Well, goodbye. Stop. Stop. Take. <laughs> Uh, what I did learn is that uh, so I learned because I mentioned the one deleted scene earlier and I was like okay well like I know Cameron like he has always so much extra footage and I found I looked up a video because I want to see that scene and the video was pointing out how there is like 40 minutes of deleted footage from this movie that was, wow. so it was trimmed down and it's a lot of world building they show like Jake on Earth before he yeah. comes and stuff and like that's so cool yeah you got the uh, the tribe all drinking together with Jake one night and partying too are they drinking blood wine yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there is a director's cut out there you can watch and it's got all that shit on there some of it in the movie some of it just on the special features but fuck that I hate when they do that just put it in the movie give me two versions of the movie give me yeah. the give me the movie the theatrical version and then give me the version with the shit all edited in where it's supposed to be yeah totally let me choose I agree sometimes it's better sometimes it's worse like like uh, aliens, for example. Yes. Uh, 
terrible with the not. I mean, it's not. It can never be terrible, but it's so much longer and meandering with the extra stuff. Yeah. yeah, like I don't care what happens to Newt's family. This or. movie, I do feel like, and I even saw clips of some of those scenes on this YouTube video. It would have made the movie as good or better. Like they definitely don't take away from the. I don't think they would take away from the flow of the movie in context with it, you know. But then sometimes that stuff is lent better to home media anyway, right? Like, it, two hours and 40 minutes is a long time to sit in a theater. You know, people are going to be, like, their asses are going to be sore, even if they're still engaged, right? Like, I, I feel like the four-hour cuts and stuff, like the, the whole Snyder cut that we, we just got dropped for Justice League, like, that's better served at home where you can watch it in chunks and agreed yeah yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna track it down anyway and watch it oh I'm definitely gonna watch I'll it I'll take it in any form I can get I wanted more of this movie yeah same here for a two and a half hour plus long movie I, it could have been another half an hour out of an happy and I didn't learn anything I didn't already know I mean this is new for me I didn't actually know that surprisingly enough um, I'm not surprised uh, but I didn't learn too much about the production or anything when I was looking at look when I was reading about it that I didn't already know I mean everyone knows that he created the 3D technology that he did all this very important stuff to move movies forward. Well, we know him as a innovator, militant yeah. control freak over the development of his movies and an innovator. Right. Uh, but what I did find out was a whole bunch of spoilery shit about Avatar 2, so if you don't want to hear this, go ahead and uh, turn this off now. Also, real quick, if you guys can hear a lot of noise in the background, that's just uh, Handsome Boy's mascot Puddin' taking a big old dump. Yeah, she just took a shit, so we're going to get that in our hit in the face with that real soon here. Um, anyway, I found out a bunch of cool shit about Avatar 2. Uh, I found out that... Uh, the humans are coming back, and they're going to be led by none other than Carmela Soprano, Edie Falco. Oh, yeah. I'm a big Edie Falco fan. If you've ever seen The Sopranos or Nurse Jackie or her work on Oz, she is a fucking oh, excellent actress. Good casting for a corporate great, villain. Great casting. Uh, also, uh, a couple of the um, uh, new aliens are going to be played by Cliff Curtis, as well as Kate Winslet, which I think is very cool. That's cool. And we're going to see, obviously, like, uh, and now I think we've gone very far into the future now are years down the road where Jake and Natiri have a bunch of kids cool so that's very cool as well are we on more than like four or something they have three kids or something like that no no oh movies Uh, there's two that have been made back to back okay yeah alright so I'm super stoked I mean I can't wait it's one of those things you forget about it you're like fuck Avatar right that was a thing yeah. You know, and he is the, the sequels are gonna they have been filmed. They have been filmed. They're done essentially. Yeah, He's I have touching. I up. have faith, right? Like when I knew Avatar was coming out, I was like, well, I'm just used to being disappointed when great directors they eventually run out of steam and they put out something that's not their best work later in their career. And then Avatar came out, and I was like, nope, dude, still got it. And now it's been a long gap, and you want to have that same instinct again. But I'm telling myself, no. I mean, this guy knows still knows what he's doing. He until, hasn't, until he drops a dud, I'm on board. He hasn't done anything as a director. He produced that Battle Angel movie, which was meh. Right, 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 right. Yeah. It wasn't as bad. I watched it again, and it wasn't nearly as bad in my second viewing as it was the first. But it's not very good. Nah, I didn't like it. All it really was was his technology, like him lending his like ridiculous technology. Yeah, to that movie, and it's like a uh, like what an existing like manga property. Well, or something. he's an anime dork, right? Like as we know, right? So he was just like, yeah, I'll put my name on that shit. No, he was gonna do it. It was supposed no, it was supposed it was supposed to be the movie he made between. Oh, the two so he was gonna direct it. Yeah, so okay. he was gonna produce and direct it, but he he couldn't do it, so he gave it to uh, uh, Rodriguez. Okay. To direct, but he was the producer and he wrote the story, I think. Okay. So, if you want to see a little bit of Cameron, not his best work, uh, you got some Battle Angel. Otherwise, we'll have to wait for Avatar 2 at 2022. Yeah. Yeah. So next year. Right after the first blockbuster post-pandemic, probably. He's going to oh, make man. another four billion dollars. He's going to start another pandemic of people getting it. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, we didn't learn this. And a lot of people talked about it. But there was, like, a, a legit, like, like 
phenomenon of people being oh, depressed. Yeah, Pandora-induced depression. Yeah, yeah, because they couldn't live on Pandora or be a part of that because it was such a like perfectly realized world. I got it a little bit. Hey, man, I... Like I said, the entire time I'm watching it, you're just like, it's not fair that I can't be Jake Sully. Like, I want to do this. I would literally be crippled if I could go and live in that avatar. It's not fair that I can't fuck a 10-foot-tall blue alien woman. You can. You just have to find a 10-foot-tall woman, paint her blue. Okay. All right. All right. Problem solved. See? This is what I do. I solve problems for you. Hey. A new life goal. I'll I'll keep you posted on my progress. Um, Anyway, uh, I think that's it for us. This has been a big one. Um, Thanks for listening. As always, please uh, follow us on uh, Spotify or Apple. Subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Instagram. I should just let you do this part. At Handsome Boys Pod. Um, please rate and review if you want to be cool give us a five star review it'll help other people listen to this I know our friends are listening have you rated and reviewed yet? no they haven't like Kyle friends come on come on friends be cool Uh, for those random people who are listening thank you thank you yeah we hope you come back Reach out to us. We we have like a couple dozen listeners a week. We will listen to you if you tell us anything. You want us to do a movie? Tell us. We'll probably do it. We're very overwhelmed by the success of The Last Boy Scout. <laughs> yeah, for some reason. Unex- that's... Unexpected. Came from behind. Went from like 20 to 38 overnight. Yeah. If you want to know, if you're if this is your first listen, and the off chance we've caught a new listener here, the two best episodes I would say to date besides this one are Aliens and probably Interview with a Vampire was also really good. Yeah, that's Chris's favorite one. I also, I think Aliens is definitely one of our best. Yeah. Uh, but the highest rated, the ones that have the most listens are Home Alone, which kind of for obvious reasons, right? I feel like a lot of people who are new to this are going to listen to that. Yeah. Uh, and then, oddly enough, The Last Boy Scout. Uh, Starring Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis got a lot of pull. Yeah. We do do some good Bruce Willis impressions in that episode. So if you do, do want to listen to that, you got that to look forward to. We do. Uh, big shout out to the third handsome boy, Erica. You're the best. You, we couldn't have done it without you. I imagine there's going to be a lot of editing work done in this one. Pilates class got canceled tonight. We're yeah. sorry your Pilates class got canceled. That's why she doesn't want to hang out with us because she's mad. Yeah. Her Pilates class got canceled. I mean, I get it. Yeah. Well, I'm way too drunk to be doing any of this. Yeah. Uh, so. We're going to end this before I uh, throw up on the recorder. Yeah. Unless you guys want that. Do you want that? If you do, reach out on Instagram. If you do, dial us. Press one now. I'm not going to finish that bit. Okay, bye everybody. Go fuck yourselves. Go fuck yourselves. Cigarette.